We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. For the first time ever, we have the whole Irish Breakdown team together for one show, and we are going to talk about today's one and only spring practice. Yeah. <laughs> one and only. So we felt like this was kind of a big deal. It's the only full practice we're going to get to see. So I figured, hey, look, let's get the whole team in there. I flew Ryan in, Sean drove in, Vince was there. Uh, I got a chance to see as much of the practice as I could from where I was located, and we have a lot to bring to you today. So we are we are going to have a ton. We're going to go through it all. We're going to give you the things we liked, the things we didn't like, and all. Understand that this is all of our opinion based on a practice. Yeah. A guy not having a good day on the fifth practice does not mean he stinks, and a guy looking like a great player on the fifth practice of March doesn't mean he's going to be the next number one overall draft pick, okay? It's the context of they're a third of the way through spring. we got to get that out of there because we've seen the way some people have reacted to some of our other written reports. But I can I can assure you one thing I won't say is that Notre Dame is screwed. So, Toe Jam, don't worry. Uh, you're not going to need to have your wife check you into a funny farm. We're not going to say that you're screwed. Uh, I was encouraged by today's practice, guys. I'm going to just start off with sort of a big picture thing, and then we'll go Vince, Ryan, Deshaun in regards to just kind of get everybody's overall picture. From what I saw today and what what I, what I think that my big takeaway, and Vince, you especially know this coming from me, I want to see a practice that's balanced, meaning one side of the ball doesn't dominate the entire practice. One particular matchup doesn't dominate the entire practice. Sean and I were talking about line play, and it was like O-line dominated early, but the D-line recovered and made some plays late. That's what you want to hear, right? Like Whereas last year, it was like, yeah, the D-line dominated from the beginning of practice until the end of practice, and we heard that every day. I love the balance of it. You know, offense won some reps, defense won some reps. And that's really where you want to be. Because if one side of the ball is just constantly dominating, it usually means the other side isn't very good. Yes, you may be good on that one side, but it usually means you're also not very good on the other. So that was kind of my big takeaway, guys. And my other big takeaway is it is obvious. We were told by by our sources, we had it in our pre-camp, pre-spring practice report that 
The offense was way ahead of where it was a year ago, just kind of all around. And there's no doubt in my mind. I don't think quarterback is where it was last year because you don't have that fifth-year senior like a Jack Cohn who just was kind of a real steady presence last spring. But in every other capacity, the offense is way ahead, in my opinion, of where it was a year ago. Vince, what was your sort of your big-picture takeaway from today? Well, big picture, I got a couple of takeaways. Number one, it, you know, and and Sean and I both commented on this when after they started going live um, again, offense versus defense. It was, man, it's nice to see the offensive line on the correct side of the line of scrimmage. Like that was <laughs> that was a nice little change from what we saw last year. And I'm not, and I'm trying not to be as sarcastic as maybe it sounds like I'm being. Like that's a legit thing that we noticed. Like the the five offensive linemen plus a tight end were pushing forward they were Mm. moving beyond the line of scrimmage they were reestablishing the line of scrimmage down the field we didn't see that last year and that's that that is a that's an observation that is a comment um that that is not coming from sarcasm that was a fact and so that was very nice to see the other thing was as i was behind the lens of the camera i was focusing on the wide receivers obviously and I mentioned this after the first practice that we that we had an opportunity to see the beginning of the wide receivers and the wide receiver coaching and just the whole dynamic is a complete 180 from what it was before. These guys are so hungry to learn, okay? And what I mean by that is as I was down there and some of the video that I sent you Brian, I think it showed mm-hmm. um Coach Stuckey, I got would, to see a lot of this. Coach Stuckey, yes, Coach coaching. Stuckey would literally show these guys what he wanted. I want you to do this, and I want you to take two steps here, and then go this way, and I want you to do that. And as he's doing it, there's like three or four different of wide receivers like mimic trying him. to mimic him behind, right. like in the line. You know what I mean? Like they want to learn so right. badly, and it was it it was poignant to me because a fifth year senior and Braden Lindsay is like trying to mimic what Coach Stuckey mm-hmm. is telling him to do. Like he's never seen this stuff before. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's the vibe that I got. And it was like, wow. You know, and, and I realized that's what we had told everybody and that's what we saw on the field. But it just, it hit home for me watching these guys. Like they were all early enrollees, basically mm-hmm. learning how to become co- collegiate wide receivers. And they showed it on the field too. Like these guys were getting open when they weren't getting open before they were getting off press. They were doing good things in one-on-ones. And so those are the two things that really stood out to me. It was the offensive line and the wide receivers. And it was a beautiful, beautiful. And there, there was one time during that period, Vince, where coach Stuckey had kind of walked them through it. And Lorenzo Styles started asking a question and Joe Wilkins just kind of walks up, gently puts his hand on him, moves him to the side. And is like, I got this. I got this young blood. It wasn't in like a disrespectful way. It's no. like, okay, that's leadership. Yes. Right? Like, hey, let, let me show and, you, Lorenzo. And, yeah. That's and, what you want to see, man. And let me tell you, I was actually very impressed by Joe today. Yeah. Like, I, and, and I know we've said in the past, you know, Joe Wilkins is kind of a depth guy. You know, he, he he's. You this, have said that I, in the past. Okay. I will own that. I will own Don't it. put that on us. <laughs> I'll own it. Okay. He impressed me today. Like he showed me that he is better than I thought he was going to be, to be honest with you. This has been the whole thing the whole time. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to go down this rabbit hole just yet, but this is the thing the whole time is guys aren't going to look like studs if they haven't been coached how to play to their potential. Joe is not, Joe is not Kevin Austin, right? right? He's not Chase Claypool. He's not that guy that just because of his just size and speed and athleticism, you just go out there and dominate. You didn't know what he's doing. 
Joe's the kind of kid that's a, a good athlete, a good football player, but he has to be a precision player. It's like imagine if Cooper Cup wasn't coached or if Devontae Adams wasn't coached and they weren't good route runners. They wouldn't be in the NFL right now, right? right. They're not They're not Chase Claypool. They're not Mike Evans. They're not that kind of guy. And that's that's the point is Joe right. needed coaching. And it's and again, it's not none of these guys. Nobody's a finished product yet. Right. And there's some reps you're going to see where it's like, yeah, OK, that's that's kind of, you know, Sean, we're going to talk O line here in a second. And Sean will tell you there's there were snaps where it's like, OK, that's kind of those bad habits you're still trying to break. Right. Your five practices in they're not going to be perfect. But it's so obvious to see that they've ta- already taken a jump. Oh, and yes. that was certainly a big takeaway. Absolutely. Ryan, what was what was your big takeaway from just the big picture from today's practice? My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrow's Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrow's Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrow's Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think I think partly it uh, it kind of parlays with what Vince kind of talked about a little bit. I think that the the coaching side at certain positions have allowed the team to play a lot faster. And I I mean he talked about Joe Wilkins. For me, Joe Wilkins just looked like a completely different athlete, you know. And obviously he's not a burner, yeah. but like just like as a short Quick. intermediate separator, just the quickness out of breaks. And then you saw Brayden Lindsay uncovered deep con- like consistently all day. The, that's the catch he had was phenomenal like I don't I never can't remember never remember Braden having a contested catch in his career and he pulls off a incredible dive and grab in the first portion of the practice so I felt like just this team as a whole they played fast there was there was juice there man even with their fastest player not on the field Chris Tyree sitting out of practice I felt like just from skill position to linebacker to secondary I felt like people were just flying around and even quarterback you know and I know we're going to talk a little more in depth like Tyler Buckner was playing fast, you know, like there was processing yeah. quickly. Were there mistakes? Absolutely. But everybody I felt like was playing pretty loose and they were playing fast and they were mistakes, but I felt like they were aggressive mistakes for the most part. I want to ask all three of you guys a question before I kick it over to Sean about his overall impression. Cause Ryan, you just said something that I don't want to forget. I saw at least four or five times today where a receiver or a tight end or a running back laid out for a catch. Did you hear any of them get corrected or chastised? Um, this is an honest question because I I couldn't like what I saw I couldn't hear what was being said. Did any of you guys hear anyone correct them or 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 challenge them or say hey, don't do that like we've seen in the past after those catches? No, I didn't well, hear that one okay, time. That's, that's what I was hoping to hear because <laughs> I can't tell you I I probably haven't seen that many guys lay out for catches in the ten the ten years I've been covering Notre Dame. This will be my eleventh year because you know remember I took a couple years off. I don't remember if I've ever seen a guy lay out for a pass or he didn't get corrected. Hey, don't you know, stay off the ground, stay off the ground. And I'm glad to hear that that didn't happen today. Cause if you don't let him do it in practice, Hey, guess what? Lorenzo's not going to lay out for that ball in Oklahoma against Oklahoma state. If you don't let him do it in practice. So yeah. I was very, very happy to see that. Uh, Sean, just your takeaways from today's Cause we tried to have everybody kind of watching different things, but everybody also watched a little bit of everything. So can Sean, I just say how nice you? it was to have these guys at practice with me? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much pressure off my shoulders. Yeah. It's like, okay, we got eyes everywhere. This is awesome. Like yeah. it was so good to hang out with these guys, but yeah. I, I, I digress. Sean, it's all good, buddy. Sean, what was your takeaway from today? Oh man. I probably would label it TTC tempo teaching and competition. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw today. Great tempo, great teaching. And then the competition was that, uh, man, I asked Vince, I remember at the end of practice, I said, so, yo, this is my first time. Like, what you've been used to, like, what stands out? And the one thing he said was, they compete. Mm-hmm. It's very competitive. And I think that's what you pointed out when we started the podcast. Yeah, you saw a group dominate early. And guys weren't hanging their heads, and there weren't any excuses. Like, we're not making excuses. They were pulled to the side, talked to, get back out there and compete, and you saw guys improve as the practice went on. And that's what you want to see individually and as a team. And I I jokingly told Ryan, I said, hey, it's a lot of talent on this field, isn't it? I don't know if the uh, previous regime thought so, but – Looks like it's a lot of talent on the field to me. <laughs> Some people in the previous regime didn't think so. That's for sure. Sean, Sean relayed a particular situation of exactly what you talked about. Sean is the story you related to me about Tyson Ford. 
Yeah. Uh, early in early in, I think it was a team period you said where Tyson got a couple times and got double teamed. He got because he was playing some three technique today. It looked like yeah. they were working on like their dime package or a nickel pa- excuse me, a nickel package with two linebackers, four D linemen, and five DBs. Mm-hmm. And Tyson was kicked inside playing some three technique. And I think Sean said he got like knocked off the ball a couple times. And so they called him out and it wasn't ripping him. It was nope. Coach Washington went right to him, coached him up, showed him some stuff. And Sean, you, you told me he came back in. And, and what did he do when he came back in after he, he coached up a little bit? He immediately started competing. Yeah. He immediately started competing. And him and Jason Onye. Yeah. I, I told Ryan in the middle of the practice, I was like, yo, a year from now, that combo is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Like, <laughs> let them get better. Let them get stronger. Let them get some reps. They're going to be a problem. Now, I don't know what the intent is. For having them inside, you said they were working nickel, so maybe that's that was just my read. I, it, they yeah. could just be three techniques. They, they had could three. Just be they, had th- they had three corners in yeah. most yeah. of the defense. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was I was gonna say we, we didn't see, really see Rover too much today. You saw a we, nickel. The only right time we saw dead. Rover was when they were with they had the third team was working a little bit and they had Batoho yeah. out there. That was right. the only time yeah. I remember seeing really much yep. of. Most of the time yeah, they had Rover. a third corner because you, you saw you saw like Kaiser working mm-hmm. as a true like inside line. Yeah, they had him as a will and some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just my takeaway. But again, he that doesn't. Mean he's not going to be playing some three technique. I just, just it doesn't mean that he won't be outside right. in certain situations right. as well, right? Right, in the future. right. So, guys, obviously, we all had some positive takeaways from the practice. I want to start with the position group that is the one I think most of us want to talk about. Before we do, I just got a super chat from K Grant. Thank you for that super chat, K Grant. Hope you guys had a nice dinner. Get rested up for the five hour show. Go Irish. I'm just telling you, hey, I know you're fired up about that, K Grant, and keep the super chats about the five hour show coming, but it's going to be a little bit before we have that five hour show. It's not going to happen when people think it is. It's not going to happen in the next few days. So I just want to prepare people for that a little bit. And if you're on the message board, you know exactly what he's talking about. I want to talk about not quarterback, kicker. Let's talk about line play. Oh, Dang, you're not talking about kicker, man. Okay, I'm taking Vince out of here. Where, Thunder leg grouping or whatever. Remove button. We'll talk, we'll talk hey. about kickers at the end. Just we'll kidding. talk about line play. Sean, and obviously that's the position that, look, quarterback's important and running back and receiver, and we'll get to all those, and there's a lot to see and a lot to like today. Yeah. But I thought the line play was – was, I mean, it was it was watching what I saw and, and, you know, what you and I talked about, it was nice to see the offensive line really competing. And it wasn't like a dominant day. It wasn't like mm-hmm. anyone had a great practice. It was mm-hmm. just they were battling. And and, and it's a and it, the talent kind of showed up. And – the thing that that a lot of us have talked about, you know, was something that I pointed out before the season was the relationship between Harry Heastan and Blake Fisher and, and how that develops and evolves is going to be super important. And, Sean, you had a lot to say to that when you and I were talking on your drive well, home today. Harry's setting the tone, right? If he's going to be able to talk to everybody, he has to be able to get on his best guy. And immediately they started out with field goal. And Blake, I think, was the – he wasn't the end guy. He was the guy inside the end guy. And a couple of times he let some guys get a little penetration. And after it happening a couple of times, Harry yanks him, pulls him out, and he's sitting there telling him, like, he's showing him, like, get your base right here with your left leg, and your hand has to be right here. And he's showing him what he has to do. And this is just special team. It's not even like offensive line play. And immediately I'm like, okay, Harry's in that mode today. And then when they went to individual mode or teaching mode over in the corner, it was the same thing. It was Joe Alt and Blake getting the teaching immediately. Drive your blocks, move your feet, 
get your pad level. And when they try to dis- get disengage, turn them. Don't just let them go. Turn and continue mm-hmm. to drive. And he was teaching the entire time. And he started with his best two players and went on down the line. And that's about finishing. The point yep. of that is finishing, right? Yep. You don't turn too early like they had in the past. But there's a time when and, – and we saw that in practice a couple of times too, Sean. There was a couple of times where – you know, Jason Onye and Gabriel Rubio were able to kind of come off blocks and right. get down the line and make a tackle because they didn't finish. And then there was a couple other times where they did that. Actually, one of the – I think it was Davis Sherwood, who's a walk-on fullback. 38? Yes. Yeah. Planted. Did that to Jordan Patelho. Is that Patelho? Oh, yeah. Planted him. Planted so, him. So, like, Patelho tried to kind of come off to get to the play, and he just wham, just – punt and then then got up and stepped over him <laughs> so, okay the yeah. offense is coming with some funk today even the walk-ons are getting after it uh, <laughs> but there was a lot of competing and it was a just like you said sean it was that confident emphasis on finish finish and like early you you and i talked about zeke corrells another example sean where early in practice it was a lot of the same old same old there's a couple mm-hmm. snaps early from josh lug where he kind of stood up yeah you know and there were some snaps some zeke Crow where he would hit and just feet would just bam just become uh, stuck in mud yeah and you could hear coach Eastan immediately getting on them about moving their feet and then as practice wore on he started to see it and that that's what's going to happen now i everybody needs to understand th- these guys five practices is not even close to enough to where it's just oh it's exactly how coach Eastan wants it right I'm hoping five games is enough to get it to that point in time, right? But it's good to be able to see it being applied, but it's also good on both sides of the ball, Sean, to see that kids are making mistakes, they're getting coached immediately, yep, and they're going back out there and applying it. That's a that's a great sign. That's a sign of, of young men that want to learn. Yes. And also a, a coaching staff that knows how to communicate it in a way where it can be received and then processed. And that was a big thing. And the best thing thing is now we're not left in limbo as a fan base because, yo, watching last year, we're saying they have to be, they have to be getting taught. Like they have a coach. He has to be teaching them. We were Mm -hmm. told by the head coach every week they're being taught. So now it's left for us to believe that these guys are incapable of taking teaching and applying it on the field. And that was destroyed in two hours just watching his practice because they were able to take it in private sessions and then immediately apply it and be successful with it in the scrimmages. So I'm glad Harry's back. That was, that's enough. Let me say that again. I am (laughs) glad that. Well, and Sean, the other thing too, is I think this is going to make the defensive line better. And one of the things I've heard from now multiple sources is there's some concerns about the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And and they're like, you know, the defense. I mean, of course, you don't have Jason Adamiola, Isaiah Foskey. It's like we said, it's limited. You guys saw him today. He was out there in one on ones and stuff. But then during team, he just got a couple reps. I don't even remember seeing him in team, but he know, he was he, he, he was a little out, bit. He was right? out there, but yeah, I don't. But think not a ton. ton. So he's limited. But even yeah. then, like you still got a lot of guys coming back that have played a lot of football as part of a, one of the ten to fifteen best defensive teams in football college football last year. And they're having some problems early so far through five practices. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you know, so-and-so's got to step. I'm like, this guy was good last year. So either A, he's regressed, or B, what's happening is they're actually being challenged more now than they were last year. And I think that's a good sign. So when I keep – like, so I had a couple people tell me, like, you know, they're concerned about the D-line, and it was they were coming at it from a concern standpoint. But in my head, I'm thinking, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like, honestly, it's exactly what I wanted to hear because it means if they're struggling, it means – the offensive line's playing well. Yep. And that's a great sign. And it's gonna make them it's gonna make them better and better and better because there's a lot of guys get reps that 
that need those reps. So I think that's a good sign. And it goes back to the whole thing about what you said, Sean, is it's boy, it's it's glad that the, the coaching is what it is, because that's only going to make those guys better. Yeah. And then they have a lot of versatility. I think Notre Dame is one of those teams that has to face multiple types of offenses mm-hmm. because of their schedule and they're not locked into a conference. Right. Yeah. So they can go from a spread to a triple option, like in one week. And the depth that they have along the defensive line gives them an opportunity to mismatch based upon matchups. They might have a week where they come out with a nickel look when they go against a spread team. And then they mm-hmm. come back and they won't use Tyson Ford and Onge on the inside, but they'll go heavy. And they might have, what, Jason Adamiola on the inside, right. Gabriel Rubio, and let's say Ernstberger and Riley Mills. Mm-hmm. They just go heavy across the front. And now, you know, it gives them flexibility right. to have different rotations. And I just need everybody to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing mm-hmm. along both, both lines. Health right. is paramount because the depth at certain positions is just not there. And with Billy Shrouf not getting reps right. during the spring, you know, health is paramount. For well, and Joe, and I think Pat Coogan's been a little banged up. I didn't see Joey Tanone out there today yeah. as well. Um, but, you know, you look at the offensive line, it wasn't like a perfect practice today. I thought no. I thought Joe Walt was a little bit more inconsistent than we usually see him. I thought he had some, a couple issues at times, and he's just you know he's fundamentally sound. Yeah. It's a rough day for Andrew Kostovic. You know, I thought there was yeah. he he seemed to be unsure of some things. Like you know, uh, there was one a, a couple times on blitzes against team where he just kind of turned the guy loose, and you know he was just didn't look like he knew what was coming on. And there was a couple other run snaps where I thought he came off well. We know what he can do, so you're going to have some of those ups and downs. Michael Carmody was really up and down, and, and you know is he still learning the center position? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who impressed me today, guys. And, and, and what I saw is I thought the backup tackles had a really good day. Yes, they did. Tosh Baker at left tackle and Caleb Johnson. Caleb Johnson still got to put on another 15 pounds. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks he looks skinny. He's a skinny dude, but man, he is a he's a quality athlete and he looked solid today. And I thought Tosh had a really good day uh at left tackle in practice today, going up against the second team defense. Yeah, I mentioned that as well, especially you saw it the scrimmage towards the end of practice. They held up quite well. Gave a pocket to both Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. And for me, that was a surprise because I was really worried about Carmody. I felt like the inside interior we, we saw last year, he's better inside. You know, we can see him at either tackle. And he's still learning a new position. Yeah, I'm not worried about He's still learning a new position. But I was pleasantly surprised by Caleb Johnson. He had a matchup with Isaiah Foskey. And Isaiah tried to give him a counter spin move, mm-hmm. and he handled it right. very well. And the athletic like, oh, stuff okay. he handles well. It's the power stuff that he's yeah. going to struggle that he struggled with today. Adding right. fifteen pounds, getting right. stronger, and he will. And then Tosh Baker right. is someone we really thought had an opportunity to play last year. He looked so bad athletically last year, guys. I mean, the athlete that we saw in high school, we didn't see last year. Right. I, you started right. to see that kid again. Like he looked Agreed. more comfortable and confident in his footwork. Yep. You know, he was using his hands and his length effectively. You know, he's he's still he's six eight. He's gonna have some problems at times with his length. But I thought he and he wasn't lights out, guys. It's like he better, Joe Walt better watch his back. That, I'm not saying that. We're just saying it was nice to see him out there, kind of have a steady, consistent practice. That's he needed that. He needed that because he needs look. He needs to push those guys. He needs I, confidence, I and, he, and he, needs he, confidence. Needs confidence. he needs confidence. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I thought that last year he looked lost. 
he he looked lost last year when he mm-hmm. was out there. The the one guy that is a t- hot topic of conversation that I, I I had a hard time with today was was Rocco Spindler, mm-hmm. and there was a couple blocks I saw that I liked where he came off really hard and there and you know got a good movement and then there was another block where he was working a double team and he quickly came off and just smacked the Mike linebacker. There was a lot of snaps I just didn't like what I saw from Rocco. I thought his feet looked heavy. I didn't think he moved all that great. I think he – I don't know. It's just he's so big and everybody else is kind of so thin, you know, like the spring thin that they got going on right now. Uh, but he just – he doesn't move like I thought he was going to be moving. I, he, I don't know if he's too heavy. I don't know right. if he's coming back from injury. I don't – there could be a lot of things that are the reasons why he looked like that. All I know is, is that today, this is the second time we've now seen the offensive line in the spring, and both times I thought athletically Rocco was one of the – I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rank him at the, at, not at, maybe at the bottom, but near the bottom of the scholarship lineman when it came to foot quickness and, and change of direction. Well, and it's, it, it was something clearly that the coaches did as well because they had him running. They were two splitting reps between the second and third team. Right. You know, I mean, part of that's numbers. I mean, I, they don't absolutely agree. But they got somebody and, lines, right. and he was, he was like to be that guy. So, I just thought I don't want this to sound bad, but it's the it's the best term. I, he looked a little dumpy, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. kind of like doom, 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 doom. like I, it just he, he it was the foot quickness that he didn't have, and so he was like a step slow. He was coming off a double team one time, and he didn't get there, and the def, and the defensive lineman just went just right past him mm-hmm. and, and got into the backfield. It was it was little things like that. It was just I was expecting a little bit more, but yeah. then you know maybe that is why we haven't seen as much of him as we thought we might, you know, uh, last year and then early this year. So um, again, one practice, one practice. All right. So there's obviously room and time for improvement, but yeah, I was, I was disappointed honestly in what I saw from Rocco. I was expecting more. Ryan, any takeaways from you from the line? Yeah, no, I was going to add to Rocco for a second. It's, it's a shame that the, for whatever reason, the foot quickness just isn't there. At least it wasn't mm-hmm. today because, I mean, when you see him, when he gets fit inside, he can be an overwhelming dude at the point of attack. But when we're, we're, when he's working laterally right now, he just can't keep leverage. Like, he just gets – he just loses leverage too, uh, too consistently. And I think that that was kind of an issue overall on the offensive line a little bit today, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, I felt like some guys were just falling off of blocks a little bit at mm-hmm. times. Or, and, yep. And there was, I mean, but there was times, I mean, you still, you do see the flashes, you know, when Andrew Kristoffic is on, you see the movement skills. Mm-hmm. Blake Fisher was starting fights at some point because he was dominating yeah, A couple dudes. of them, I mean, yeah. Yeah, man, he was, I mean, he was dominating dudes in some down blocks. And they so. didn't like it. They didn't yeah, like being dominated. Big Bo Bauer did but not But guys, like we didn't see that many. in the past. That's the thing. Sean, yeah. you had said this to me during a, I don't remember if you said this earlier in the show, but you definitely said this to me on the phone is the demeanor of the offensive line is so much different. Like they play, they're playing with an edge. Like Ryan, you talk about like the things you're talking about are technical things. You stop moving your feet. You're going to, you're going to lose a block, right? You turn your hips. You're going to move a block. The thing that I liked is number one, as Sean pointed out, they, those things were being immediately recognized and addressed number one, but number two, even when they're not winning a rep, they're playing with a, a, Absolutely, yes. A, an attitude, mm-hmm. a toughness that we didn't see. And like you said, fire. The, yeah. you know, Coach Freeman said he doesn't want to see fights, and I'm not a big fan of the fights thing, but what we saw today and, and what you guys were telling me about today is kind of like, well, that's kind of – if you're going to have something, that's what I want to see because somebody just kicked your freaking butt 
And your pride got hurt. Bo Bauer's pride got a little bit hurt today by Blake Fisher. Jack Kaiser's pride got hurt a little bit today by Blake Fisher, and they didn't handle it well. Uh, but I kind of want to see that a little bit. I, I want to see this offensive line play a little pissed off after getting their butt kicked last year. They, they Last year's demeanor of the offensive line is they just kind of took it. You know what I mean? They were just kind of like yeah. – Oh well, here we go again, you know, and and I don't I don't blame those guys because it comes from the top, and they apparently that was okay, like that right. clearly that was okay, right? But they just kind of took it, and 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 they took it in their play, and they took it in their demeanor, right? And so that's why in run blocking they received as opposed right. to taking it too. <clears throat> it was just all around they just took it, and that is not the case. They're taking it to the defense now which is a complete 180 in the mental preparation of this group. Are they technically sound yet? Nope, they're not. But all of that, like you said, is being addressed. And I can coach guys who want it, who have that mentality. Like, you can coach those guys, and they're going to get better and better and better and better. I have no doubt in my mind. I would say this, Brian. I mean, right now, I'd be willing to say, and I mean, you can fight back if you disagree with this. The offensive line today, even without Jared Patterson, is better than it was at any point last year. In my oh, opinion. see, I was yep. ready to fight, man. I got to say something that makes sense, man. I was, I was ready to battle with you a little bit. Smart people say smart things, Brian. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dang it, I hired too many smart people. I don't even argue about it. Uh, no, I think you're right. I, again, that's the whole thing, though. Like, I think they're so far ahead of where they were at this time a year ago. Oh, my. It, you know, it just, you know, Blake looks great. You know, Joe's a little bigger. You know, Zeke looks way better than he did a year ago. Consistency is still a problem. I mean, that's the thing is the consistency is going to be the key, right? Like, that's what this offensive line still needs. And it, it's going to be consistency. You know, can you can you do it? Can you start doing it more can you string more good sets together? I think that's going to be the key, Ryan. As far as far as you know, do they do they look better than they did at the end of the year? I would I would say yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, do they look like they're good enough to go out and play Ohio State tomorrow? No, they're not there yet because it's March 26. But the consistency is going to be the key: consistency of effort, consistency of focus, consistency of technique, consistency yep. of execution. Those things are still not there, as we don't expect them to be five practices in. But they are leaps and bounds, in my opinion, above where they were last year. Same close no at this time last year. Right? They're not leaps and bounds better than where they were when they ended the season because they had some good moments late in the season. But they're leaps and bounds better than where they were a year ago when they were getting dominated to where from everything we're hearing. And again, you know, when you hear things from sources, you kind of take it with a grain of salt because sometimes people have biases or maybe agendas or maybe only saw part of a practice or whatever. But, you know, I've, I've been hearing consistency like, yeah, the D-line just they're struggling and, and can't. And then you, you want to get out to practice. OK, is it this they're not any good or is it the O-line's really kicking butt? And from what we can tell, it's the O-line's up their game. I want to stay up with the big boys, and I want to shift over to the defense here real quick in the defensive line. Obviously, very very little Foskey, no Jason Adamiola. We saw very little Justin Adamiola today. It was mm-hmm. obvious they were getting younger guys reps. And from what I've heard, Justin's had a really good spring camp so far. I've heard that from a couple people. So it looked like they were working on getting some younger guys the ball. Just a couple quick observations that I had. A guy that I – you know, Sean, you talked about this earlier. Jason Onye right first of all he stands out because he's just so much bigger than everybody else he's like six five that go-go gadget arms and and he's a legit 285 i mean he looks big and there are some snaps where he looks like he has no clue what he's doing none like what was i supposed to do here okay how much and he just gets blocked easily 
And then the next rep, for whatever reason, he must be confident what he's doing the next rep because he comes yeah. off like there was a play he was going against Michael Carmody. Now, keep in mind, Michael Carmody started games last year, okay, mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. He comes off the line, and him and Carmody go face-to-face. Jason takes him, and he locks him out and then throws him and comes off and makes a tackle in the backfield. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> it was like that was impressive. He had about four or five plays like that today where you're like, okay. But the problem is he had four or five plays that were like just as bad. So to me, he has to be at an Al Washington pet project because you've got to take that kid under your wing because of all the guys we saw today of the non-freshmen, we'll get to them in a minute. He's the guy that said, okay, that guy could not only help you in the fall, like down the road, and not just be a starter, but that could be a guy like that. He is because he's so young. He only played two years of high school football. Man, I got to tell you, he's the guy that stood out to me as like as you're looking for. Okay, what's the future going to look like? That's the kid that you said. Okay, that kid's got a chance to. You know, I don't know when the light's going to go on, but he showed me some things today, guys. Yeah, yeah. Jason Ongay and Howard Cross for me. Yeah, the two interior guys that were in the backfield, disruptive. Howard Cross definitely was more consistent. Sean, you couldn't have two more different players and body types. No, you couldn't. I mean, like, that's the wild thing, right? Like, good players come in different shapes of size. One's 6'5", 285, the other one's 6'1", 265. But it it goes back to what you alluded to. Howard knows who he is, Mm -hmm. and he knows what to do. Yeah, and he's quick. Exactly. He knows who Mm -hmm. he is, what to do, and he plays fast. Jason, sometimes, like you said, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do, and he gets blocked easily. But the very next play, because he's so competitive and he knows that he's good, he knows he has talent, but I don't think he's caught up to the fact that he's as good as he really is. He'll play faster. He'll play stronger. I think he might add a little more weight in the future, mm-hmm. but the kid has a bright future. Yeah, he definitely has a bright future. And now we get to see, with all these different types, we get to see the coaching ability of Al Washington. Mm -hmm. I think you said when he came over, he's more comfortable coaching the defensive line than he is the linebacker position. We'll see that. Another thing I pointed out to you is that the third private session they had, because they were outside, they were the only group that was outside doing sled work where Mm -hmm. everyone else was inside. When they came inside, they were over there in the right corner. And it was Al Washington who was specifically working with the interior players. And Al Golden came over and worked with the defensive ends on their counters and their pass rush. So I thought that was very interesting. But we'll see. They have a lot of talent to work with. And they have a lot of talent coming in. Mm-hmm. in the next, if they get right. the guys that they want, you know, over the next two recruiting cycles. So. One thing we got to remember, too, about where he stand in the O-line are compared to where Al Washington and the D-line are. Harry Heastan's been watching Notre Dame for the last two years. Oh, I mean, yeah. one of the reasons Coach Heastan decided to come back to Notre Dame, from what we were told from sources, was he watched the team this year and was like, there's some talent there, and I'd like to work with it. You know, once the coaching change was made, that was kind of the thing that factored into it. And so Al Washington's five practices into knowing these kids. Also, Harry Heastan recruited some of the kids that are at Notre Dame. I mean, he right. recruited Josh Lug. He recruited Andrew Christoph. He recruited Zeke Carell. So there's a there's a there's a more intimate knowledge of their strengths and weaknesses than Al Washington has of those crews. Because his focus in the fall was Ohio State. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
got to keep that in mind too. Coach Washington is still learning what these kids do well and don't do well. And mm-hmm. so I think that's part of it too. You also don't have your best player at all. I mean, your second best defensive lineman's not there. Your best defensive lineman is limited. So I think it's going to prevent some, present some opportunities, but they've got to get better. I mean, some, some of these young guys have to step up and make plays. We know what Howard Cross can do. What we don't know, and we'll get into in the summer, is can, can he do it for 35, 40 snaps? That's what we don't yeah. know. You know, Jacob Lacey, Sean, you said had some moments today, but guy, you know, Riley Mills has got to step up. I thought he showed he was the oh. best, he had the best pass rushing moments of the day from right. the interior. I mean, he's his mm-hmm. hit for a 285, 290 pound guy. His first step is 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 out. So he's got to work on leverage a little bit. He's still got to use his hands better. But from a, just a pure athleticism standpoint, I was really impressed with what I saw from Riley Mills today. Yeah, I was I, impressed with Riley. You know, the next best pass rush, I mentioned it to you. I was actually in the scrimmage, and I think Justin Admiola came off the edge, and I think Alt was expecting speed rush, and halfway through his rush, he just transitioned to power and just pushed Joe yeah. right back into yeah. the quarterback. I think it was Drew Pine who had to step up. And I was like, okay. Because we didn't see that a lot from Justin. And, right. you know, he steadily improved each and every year. Right. He's gotten better. So it's going to be interesting to see how he improves. Like you said, they get everybody back healthy. I, once again, health. Keep right. everyone on both sides of the ball right. healthy. And Notre Dame should be okay along the lines. Ryan, what was your you were you were going to respond about, <laughs> yeah, was, about Riley Mills? He, he wants to talk about Riley Mills because yeah. he and I were talking about Riley Mills. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean Riley. I think I think that he represents a very intriguing football player because, like you said, not only does he have the pass rush from the inside, but he also works at defensive end as well. So he's kind of that real move piece that you want. And but mm-hmm. trying to backtrack you a second to Jason Anye and even Gabriel Rubio, who we haven't talked about, one or two of those guys needs to play this year. Like they have mm-hmm. to because right now. You just don't have size on the interior too much, right? Like you have Jason Adamolola, right. who's a really good player, 280 pounds. You have Howard Cross, who we talked about, 6'1, 265. You have Jacob Lacey, 6'1, 275. He's like, up to just, 285, by the way. Up to 285. Now that he's recovered yeah. from the injury. But still, that's not a massive, that's yeah. not a, you know, it's not Lewis Nicks. Right. Well, Anya and and Gabriel Ruby are both six foot five dudes who are 285 plus pounds, 290 mm-hmm. something in Gabriel Rubio's case. Those are your only real guys that you would legitimately call bigger, longer interior players outside of Riley Mills. And mm-hmm. if neither one of those players can give you a like not even substantial, but just can give you snaps inside. Yeah then Riley is not that movement chess piece because you have to play him more inside than he can play right. outside. Like it's very dependent on it's one of those point. guys, in my opinion, yeah. stepping up. It's not what you're saying is it's not just Riley has to step up. He has to step up and, and have a big spring, but those guys have to step up in order to say, feel comfortable saying, Hey, we can move him to big end if the need is there because the big end position is interesting. And we'll get to that in a second. But I think with Gabriel Rubio, you know, saw some things I like today. He compete. His compete level is high. That's what we always expect from Gabe Ruba. He battles, but he's got a. I'm I'm surprised that that his technique isn't better. His block destruction is inconsistent. He had a couple nice plays where he you know got off blocks and made plays, but you know he's going to have to. He's going to have to, in my opinion, really continue to raise his play because he's the one with Aiden Kanaana injured. He's the one guy that brings you some beef that's that's i mean he's he's got he but he showed me some things today right onye showed me some things 
A guy that that Ryan I found very interesting was Alexander Ernsberger. He is it's like him, Blake Fisher, uh, Jason Onye, like Joe Alt, Michael Mayer, Deion Colsey. That's like my group of who are the first dudes off the bus, right? <laughs> Alan's, yep. uh, Alexander Ernsberger is absolutely in the in the conversation for one of my first two or three guys off the bus. That guy looks like a freak. I mean, he is six seven. He's got to be cl- cl- close to 260 pounds now, and he's yeah. athletic. He's just still got to learn to play the game. I mean, that's the thing is is because if he can – here's the thing, and this is the point that you get to. As good as Notre Dame's offensive line has been, especially inside, but even, you know, th- this has been a group that has been not just – I don't care as much about weight. Because I think you know Aaron Donald, there's a lot of guys that have proved you can be a great player, not a typical weight. Jason Adam Miller is an example of that. It's the length that's the been concern for me. Myron's not a long guy. Kurt Heinisch wasn't a very long guy. Jason Adam Miller is long for a 6'3 guy, but I'd rather have long for a 6'5 guy. And that's where Rubio and, and Onye and Riley Mills, and then on the edge, Alexander Ehrensberg coming to play. And then, of course, the freshman, which we'll get to here in a second, but that's the thing that you notice is the younger you get on the roster, the longer guys are. Oh yeah, those guys got to step up and emerge because they're going to need some of that beef. They're going. I mean, and look, I don't know if anyone's going to step up as the guy, but if they mm-hmm. can just have a lot of guys that are just good players, that's going to help the defensive line when everybody gets healthy. But Aaron's Burger is an intriguing guy for me, fellas, because if the light goes on for him, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like. If some of those interior guys step up or you feel you can play Riley Mills at big end, that's my, you know, fingers crossed. I really hope that's how it pans out. When Jason comes back and he takes over three technique and, you know, hopefully Onye steps up and you got Lacey and Cross and hopefully Rubio can step up and, you know, you got some, you've got some guys there and you can play Riley Mills at big end. My dream scenario is, is Mills and Aaronsberger. The light goes on for the two of them because if those two kids can figure it out, all of a sudden, Big Gen becomes a big problem for opposing teams. It, they're not close to that yet, but today you saw some flashes, fellas, of, boy, if you can consistently get that right there from those two kids, that's what you're going to have opposite of, of of Isaiah Foskey. And outside of outside of uh, Jason Adamiola, good luck with that, fellas. They're a long way from being there, but you could see the flashes of it today. Yeah. Now, Aaron, Aaron's burger. I mean, like you said, man, six, six plus two fifty five listed. Like you said, he might even be a little heavier than that at this point. I think the thing that really stands out about him, Brian, is he's got a really nice first step for that for a guy mm-hmm. that long and that big. Right. Like it's not it's not an ordinary first step. So anytime you have that type of first step, you're going to put offensive tackles in tough situations from there. It's about the hand nuance from there. It's about understanding your your arsenal of attack as a pass rusher. I, I am excited about Aaronsberger because you have seen him have some production in a small amount of snaps in the past just based upon his athleticism and his length. So if he's able to put it together, and again, where you have a guy like a Riley Mills who can work outside and in, then there's potential like, hey, Aaronsberger's outside on third downs, and then you move Riley Mills inside, and now you just have – you have Jason Adam Alola and Riley Mills rushing inside. You got Foskey out there. Maybe you have Aaronsberger. Maybe you have Justin Adam Alola out there too. Like right. just endless possibilities of a guy like an Aaronsberger can be that guy. In a pure nickel look against a team that's a kind of a spread throwing team, that's a great base defensive look right there. 
with Jason and Riley inside because you know they're not running the ball like a traditional. Like if the, if somehow they get matched up against a Mike Leach, Mike Leach team, or if USC throws the ball like they have in the past, like to me that's like a dream lineup for me. You know, because you don't need a true nose in that situation. They're going to run the ball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. Last two we'll talk about before we move on to some other positions, Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobira. Aiden Gobira is super long and super twitchy. He's going to be a really, really good player for Notre Dame. It's a long way away right now size-wise. I mean, you could see he's always skinny, but when you see him up against college players, he's even skinnier. Uh, love the burst. He's going to have to get a lot stronger. Tyson Ford, guys. He might he might be a he might be hard to keep off the field this year. I mean, because he he still doesn't know what he's doing, but he the thing about him and Onye, especially, you know, I'm talking about the pure interior guys right now that were there today and, and Mills. I think that trio, since they were Mills is inside today too. The guys that were inside today, the guys that only played inside today. There's a different level of athleticism with those three than we've seen from some of the big guys in Notre Dame in the past. You know, like the only guy we, you know, we've seen Adam Iola and Howard Cross, like the smaller guys. Like that, there's a level of athleticism and a, a size athleticism combination that we haven't seen a lot of from Notre Dame with its big guys. I mean, really, we haven't seen that since Tillery, you know, since Jerry Tillery in 2018, where again, we're not talking about Jason Adam Iola because he doesn't have the size component. Jason's got the athleticism, the strength component, the playmaking component. We're talking about that size athleticism component. Tyson Ford is is has really, I mean, compared to the other guys, doesn't have a clue what he's doing, but that kid has some talent. Like I've been, I was, I was like, okay, he's gonna be as good as I think he's gonna be. I don't know when it's gonna go on. The light's gonna go on, but guys, he's he's gonna have a chance to be a really really good football player Notre Dame. Yeah, and I think that's what you saw, and I think the coaches saw that. That's why they pulled him immediately to get his head back straight. And say, yo. Because I, I was I was like, yo, that's unfair. That was, it's funny. This is your first snap of the scrimmage, and they call a combo block on you playing inside. Wasn't it Ryan, wasn't it against Blake and Lug too, or was it against the second team line? I can't it was against No, it was against the first team. That's what I thought. It was against the first team, and I remember asking Ryan, I said, you know, how difficult is it not just to go from high school to college, but to go from playing outside in high school? to playing interior in college. And he said, it's extremely difficult, man. Like, it's a, what it's a little different. It's a little yeah, different. Yeah, it's like what you're asking this kid to do. They wouldn't ask him to do that if they didn't think he was well capable physically right. and athletically. Well, they, Sean, they also wouldn't do it if they didn't think he had a chance to help them. They yeah. would right. just keep him in one position and say, we're going to work on that one position. Right. But they, they were right. moving a lot of guys around. Like they had Aiden Gobire at the big end of the day. So it was, it was kind of interesting to see, see that one. So guys, let's move on. Let's move on to some skill stuff, right? Because we're not just talking about the big boys today, as much as we love line play. Obviously, I think the first the first one we want to get to, first of all, Reza, my man, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, appreciate you very, very much, my friend. Uh, I want to get to the quarterbacks. I thought I had two, I thought I had two takeaways from the quarterbacks today. <laughs> okay, I'm interested to hear what you have to say here. Yeah, number one, I, I definitely feel like Tyler Buckner is was the, clearly the better quarterback today. Uh, but number two, the quarterback is it's it's a ways away. Like it's not it's not where it needs to be yet. I'm not surprised by it because it's two guys that have never really started games and it's practice five. But it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. There's no question about it. There's a lot of inconsistency from both of them today. 
but I but I watch them and I say they they both look like they are are showing a better command. Mm-hmm. I felt that from today. The quarterback position for me, I completely agree with your first statement. Tyler Buckner gave me nothing to make me think that he's not the starter. Number one. I thought Drew Pine struggled at times, but again, I think some of that had to do with uh, some decision making. Like I felt like there was a, a couple of times where he could have made a quicker decision, and then he would have been good to go. And he was just a little bit late on some of his throws. They were the right decision, but they were just a little bit late. Um, another thing that stood out to me was Tyler's arm. I know everybody's all worried about Tyler's arm. Can he make throws, dude? He made some throws today. He he had one corner route that he threw, I mean, put it right where it needed to be, right on the sideline. I Was it was it Joe Wilkins that went up and got it, guys? I, I can't remember who, who who it was. I think it was Joe, but I'm, it doesn't matter because the way, where the ball was placed, and it was probably 35, 40 yards in the air, boom, right on the sideline, beautiful. Right? See, I don't, I don't think that's the throw people are worried about. I don't think I don't think people are worried about his ability to make that throw or the 25 yard drag because we've kind of seen that a little bit. I think the question that I still have, just because of his throwing motion, is can he can he make like can he hit that throw that that we've talked about the Ian book against Navy where he bangs the post route 60 yards. I mean he gets his drop and hits that post route 60 yards over the top. That's the concern. That's not the concern. It's not the concern. It's we just haven't seen him do it, and he didn't really do it in high school very much. And and we haven't seen him do it in Notre Dame. I think that's they didn't have one of those routes. They didn't have one of those routes. I get that. But that's that's I think that's the throw that anyone that actually has paid attention to Tyler Buckner. I think that's the throw people can genuinely say, I don't know if it's there yet, but the reality is is you're only gonna make that throw six or seven times an entire season. I mean, that's just not a throw you're gonna make a ton. Uh, really, but I think I think that's more the question mark. I think for me, the thing from Tyler today, I, I don't question his arm strength, Vince. I mean, like you said, there was a couple times where he's like he's fitting balls into windows. I think it was was it Ryan or, yeah. or Vince that was telling him before the show, like you're like, oh, dude, why are you throwing there? And then he fits it in between three guys. You're like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna probably correct that with him. Like, hey, I it's a great. But he's throw, not afraid but... to do it. He's not afraid yeah. to do it, and that's and he's that able to do me. it. Yeah, that's the thing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. That, it, he's one of, yeah. and this is where Drew's got to step up and Drew's got to mm-hmm. look, Drew's not Ian book, but like at times Drew's like, I don't know if I want to make that. Throw. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler just lets her rip. Now, sometimes that's going to get him into trouble. So you got to harness it, you know, cause there was one where it's like, it was the play where, where, where DJ Brown had the cheap shot on uh, Lorenzo styles. I think Tyler got caught between, am I throwing the cross or the seam? And it just kind of landed in between the, the two of them. And then, you know, Lorenzo kind of turns around and gets hit by DJ Brown. But, um, you know, I think that's the, I think the thing for me is the, the arm, ang- the, the, ar- the release point still gets out of whack. Sometimes he had one ball. He just kind of sailed, looked like mm-hmm. he was trying to throw an outcut and it just kind of whew, took off on him. He still yeah. has a couple of those that has to continue to get worked through, but it's less than it was a year ago. And, and like you said, guys, he's thrown with a lot more confidence. And I thought he was making good decisions. I thought he made a lot of really good decisions today. They had a couple choice type things where, you know, throw swing or the tight end, things like that. And it was like taking candy from a baby. Like mm-hmm. some, one of those is going to be wide open. It's like one of those kind of plays and he's picking the right guys. And, and he, there's no hesitation in his throws either. And I think that's huge because for the last four years, I, I shouldn't say four years. I like where Jack Cohn was mm-hmm. before Jack Cohn. There was hesitation from the quarterback, right? right? What, was, there, what was what was before Jack Cohn? 
Was there was there something? There, there was another came? number twelve, and I'm not talking about Jordan Battelle. Hey, look, Ian, Ian Book deserves to have his name said. Like for all my complaints, <laughs> Ian Book is not the former head coach. He was a winner. He was, and he loves Notre Dame. And he's a good kid. Absolutely, he battled. He just wasn't a great. But he didn't. He hesitated. He was. A, he was unwilling he to make yeah. the tough throws, right. especially in bigger games. I don't think that's going to be Tyler Buckner's no, problem. We we no. definitely didn't see that today. It's never no. really been something we've seen from him. But it's about the, the key for a quarterback's coach, guys, is is harnessing that to where you don't want to beat it out of them, but you just want to improve the decision making. Sure. But you want to see him take those chances in practice. And we've said this before. If you don't take the chances in practice, you're never going to know if you can never. make that play or not. Right. And I don't think with 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 um with Tyler, it's going to be the case. And I think with Drew, Drew's going to have to understand, like, look, you've got to be willing to let some of those rip. Yeah, you know, and, and and during one-on-ones, Drew made a couple really nice throws, and you know he had a he had a really nice far hash, like kind of stop route that I liked during team where he just read it, he saw it, and he threw it because the flat defender was trying to bait him into the throw, but Drew saw it, got it out quick, and threw it high and away to where that flat defender couldn't make the ball. That like to pinpoint that far hash throw was like okay, that's an impressive throw from Drew. He just has to be – he has to understand it. Like, you can't be trying to match Tyler throw for throw your different players. Right. But if you're going to be the best version of yourself, you have to get – and I think, Vince, it goes back to your original point is he's got to show better timing and anticipation. Right, right. If he's Because he doesn't have the arm to just, I'm going to drive it in there. So that it, the anticipation, the timing, Ryan, I think that for, for, for Drew is going to be the biggest area. Is like, you've got to be more – Okay, I see it. I'm going to get it out there right. and let it happen. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, he, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Brian. I, know, I was just going to say. Obviously, we're 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 talking we're talking about a competition, right? And I mean, Drew's going to be in the thick of this, and we're looking at Tyler. And I mean, I'll be very honest. The word that comes to mind when I saw Tyler today was conviction. I felt like everything mm-hmm. he threw was with conviction. That's he had a great. A, it's great. Mm-hmm. He had a he had an early miss near the sideline. I think it's probably the same one we're talking about, Brian. And then he threw the interception. That was a great play by Ryan Barnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, let's give him credit on that. You know, kind of undercutting that the I think it was just a <coughs> corner route um, right. on the outside to Joe Wilkins. You talking about the one on one? Yeah, the one. And, and, and I don't know if that's a throw he makes in team, but in one on one, you right. taught just throw the ball. Right, right. Exactly. Like I hate when quarterbacks exactly. don't throw the ball in one-on-ones. Right. But yeah. to your point, but Brian's point isn't that it, it the result necessary isn't the thing. It was Ryan. It was like I just want to make sure people understand. Like it was an interception, yeah. but it was during one-on-ones. You're supposed sure. to. And Joe and and Brian Barnes played it perfectly. Yeah. It was, was still made to make a great play on it yeah. because of yeah. The, yeah. what Ryan. There was did. only one pick during team. Um, but this was during one on one. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying there was only one pick during team, right? And that was, I think, Drew. It was Drew Pine. He got picked by Joseph. Joseph. Right. That was that was just a great play by Joseph. But, yeah. but I, but I think back to Ryan's point is, yep. Ryan. There's a couple times when when you throw that way. There's a couple times that I thought I didn't like Tyler's decision, mm-hmm. but because he threw with conviction, yeah, that ball's not getting turned over. Right. I mean, right. I mean, there were, there were, there were several, I mean, especially when they were running red zone, right? Like a couple of those throws in the back of the end zone where you talked about like in between defenders, like he was letting him rip, man. And it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was thrown with decent timing too with it. Right. It was why he was able to sneak it in there. But I think even, I mean, the, one of the best throws of the day was obviously the deep, the, the, um, down the sideline to styles, right. Which, which hit in striding was great coverage by Tariq Bracey. And it was just a 
perfectly plays ball. But then Mitchell Evans dropped a touchdown today, Brian, where he threw this thing right over the fingertips, man. I'm like, that's a tough throw, man. Mm -hmm. It's a really down the left sideline as well. So he threw it over Chance Tucker. It went right over Chance Tucker's head and and it hit Evans in the face. Like he literally hit him in the face and he dropped it. But I mean, I don't think he was expecting it to get to him, to be perfectly honest with you. I I think he was surprised that the ball got to him because it was perfect perfectly yeah. placed ball yeah yeah i th- i think that there's a there's a misconception through a lot of the fan base that tyler buckner is not this talented thrower and man right. i will tell you he threw some today that were nfl throws like they right. were absolutely nfl throws and he right. has a long way to go there's no doubt right but the fact that he had a couple struggles early throwing the football he didn't get off to the best start he had a couple early just- throws that were like Oh yeah, like sailing, sailing a couple. <laughs> you know what we're talking about, right? During that was it? I think it was an early team pair where he just he tried to throw an out cut and he dipped his arm and the ball just like yeah, like it, it just kept. I it thought kept it might have been up where y'all were. Like I was like waiting yeah. on Vince. Like, I got it. <laughs> but but I mean, even after that, man, like you saw the you saw again, it didn't waver his confidence mm-hmm. at all. Even the I, I put in like a little bit of the on the message board. Even his misses late in that in the like scrimmage period, they were great misses, man. Like the, mm-hmm. nobody was going to catch the football right. except for his players. Like I thought, the right. ball placement down the stretch was really good for Tyler Buckner, and I thought the ball placement and for the most part from Drew Pine was good too. I think it's just very simply Tyler yeah. came out swinging today, man. He came right. out swinging for the large majority of the of the practice, and now Drew next practice has to come back out swinging if he wants to make it a competition. Do you know who threw with with? Uh better ball placement today than we than I've ever seen him and I was happy to see that today cuz that's my biggest concern from of Steve Angeli. He looks smooth. I mean, he's always had like a really clean compact throwing motion. <clears throat> you know, the the ball doesn't really explode out of his hand, but it comes off nicely. The problem has always been his ball placement stinks. Yeah. He was putting them on some good spots today during team periods. I was I really liked what I saw from Steve Angeli today. That last throw, that last throw he threw rolling to his left back across yeah. his body it was an impressive throw man he had a was, couple of nice throws like, on the run that? today who is yeah. that man yeah yeah and I, was, I thought Ronnie Paulus threw a couple nice hey, throws before look, we move on to him let's Sean you were going to say so, something about Steve Angeli everything they said about Tyler was spot on it was definitely you know just today we're speaking about right. today just today right he was the better quarterback he's going to come out on this. Tuesday and outplay him folks I mean it's just that's we're yeah. just talking about today I will say this. You know, talent was never the issue. Talent was never the issue. The question I've always put out there, you have all the talent in the world. What's on the tape? Right. What's on the tape? Because what was on the tape last year is when you got the opportunity to throw the ball, there was inconsistency. Right. And what we saw in practice today was similar to what we saw last year. Middle of the field to his left, very good. When he has to throw to his right, it's all about footwork. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get the same zip on the ball, and that's what you saw when both of those balls to the, the right. throws sailed. Both were correct; they were to the but that's right. That's a that's a footwork issue. It's not an arm strength issue. Right. It's a footwork issue, and the same issue that led to the pick six against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Same side of the field, same throw, pick six, easily correctable because mm-hmm. it's all about technique, drop back, and getting the ball out quicker. But like these guys said, there's no question from an arm strength standpoint that the kid can play. Now he just has to go out there. This is the greatest thing. The greatest thing for Tyler Buckner is being able to turn around and hand the ball off (laughs) and be put in really good situations early in this season. 
That's the best thing that can happen to this kid. The worst thing would have been coming back with the same coaching at mm-hmm. offensive line, the same issues, and make, putting him in positions to press and being third and eight, third and nine consistently. I don't think that's going to be the case. And another thing we saw, fellas, his escapability is – He's going to make yeah. plays. He had well, about that's the thing. Yeah. We didn't really see him running today. And, and they didn't have it. That wasn't what they wanted him to Nor do. Like, it wasn't, that wasn't part of the practice. You know right. what I mean? That was one play, Vince, where you said, oh, he would have scored on that. He, oh, yeah. Absolutely. He got he got loose, and he just decided to tuck it and go, and he went yeah. around the left side. And I believe it was Maris that was going to meet him out there. Maris is an amazing player. Yeah, but in athlete. the open field, I'm going with 12. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, he he kind of put his left foot in the ground and then whoop. And, like, and now granted, Maris, he held up because, you know, you're not going to lay out your quarterback. Right. Better not. But if it, but if <laughs> not it if you want to be on scholarship tomorrow. Yeah, I know, right? But, but if it was live, I still got my money on Tyler yeah. Buckner. And there was yeah. another one where he kind of escaped the pocket, went high, and then he found a crosser and just, I mean, yeah. just on the money, just let it go. Bullet, and that's what he brings to the table. Yeah, when he's outside the pocket, he can make plays. I want to. I want to wrap up with this quarterback comment. I, I have to say, Steve Angeli, the first practice, I thought his ball placement stunk, like it did in high school. Today was much better, but I'll say this: what I've seen from him in both practices, he is he is a he looks he is a calm looking freshman. Like normally freshmen, just everything just looks like fast and they're yeah. just like freaking out and everything. You know, and they're just right. Steve has a lot of work to do, but man, he is a calm look. Like it just, you know, what I mean by calm is just like, you know, who he reminds me of? He looks like Jack. I mean, he looks like Jack Cohn, just like his yeah. pre- from a presence standpoint. Like they're different players, but from a, he just, it's just kind of like, you're almost like, is he, is he alive? Like it, it cause he's just kind of like just calm and just, he doesn't look like demeanor wise. He doesn't look like a freshman. You know who else doesn't look like he normally does from a demeanor standpoint? Is it me, or did Tommy Reese look way more calm than he has in the past? He was. Relaxed. He was. Uh, yeah. He was also yeah. relaxed, Brian. I think you just said. I think that's a much, much better word than calm. Relax. He looked really. I mean, he was still intense and still coaching, but just like. But he was more vocal to me today too. Like, it, it, like you could tell he was in control, right, of what was going on. And like, there was one time where he wanted to get Tyler. He's like, "Hey, Ty, come on over here for a second. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was relaxed. He was where in calm. the past. He would kind of meet him halfway, and he's like pissed off, and yeah, just, you know what I mean. Like, yep, yep. And I, yeah. I was actually really impressed with with he was joking around with other guys like during yeah. FSA and. Yeah, he he was he's always kind of been that guy. It's yeah. just kind of yeah. he would get a little too intense though. during practice. It's different. I think part of that has to do with just having a, the confidence you have in the guys around you. I think that's to me. I, I part of it's it's his third year now as a coordinator. I think there's a comfort level, like you know. But I also think part of it is like you know it, it shows me that, that he has a lot of confidence in what's happening around him. So he, again, this is a staff that is very loud and vocal. The offensive staff very loud and vocal, Absolutely. but it's constant teaching, yep. constant teaching which I like. I want to talk about running back guys. We'll, we'll, we'll go to receiver, but I want to talk about running back because my mm-hmm. favorite part of today, I hated the fact that Chris Tyree wasn't out there. Yep. But at different parts of the practice, you're like, Oh, Audric's having the best day. Oh, no, that was a great play by Logan Diggs on the screen. Oh, wait, Jadarian price is a monster. Like <laughs> you, you saw what, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you saw today, like, yeah, this running back room is going to be a problem for people because yeah. you're Ryan. You thought you, but you thought Audric estimate just, total package today you thought again Chris Tyree folks they was not out it's not a big deal 
Yeah. Uh, I think what Coach Freeman said, just like a little, like a, just a minor thing, like a concussion or something like that. They just wanted to be precautionary. He was out there going through FSA. He was going through stretch. He looked fine. And if he had a major concussion problem, he's not out there going through stretch. They got him with a hoodie on and sunglasses, and he's chilling in the corner, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he wasn't doing that. But you you thought Audric Estime had the best day of all the backs today. I, I and did. I, and I, I made sure – let me just make people know. I challenged him to make sure it wasn't his New Jersey bias. I said, look, look, man, I need you to make sure it's not just because he's a Jersey kid. Hey, man. I need to know what's going on. And, and he assured me that uh, – that it was hey, not I, the case. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't pumping up Howard Cross earlier. That was <laughs> true. that was true. That was Sean, true, right? True. I mean, it's you stayed so silent when I talked about Steve Angeli. I got you. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> hey, so Sean actually asked me about Estimate today because of the New Jersey thing, and I actually didn't really know who Estimate was in high school. I didn't really know anything about him until he decommitted to Michigan State and he came to Notre Dame. And I think that there is a, a, a there's another misconception with him. I think because he's a big back. He's 228 pounds. People think that he's a battering ram, which he can be. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. But in my opinion, and I, if anybody disagrees, please. I thought he was most elusive back in the open fields. Like he was making guys look very silly in space. And then when they were doing the one-on-ones, I thought he looked fluid as a pass receiver, running routes and doing all that type of stuff. It looked uncommon in my opinion Mm -hmm. for 228 pounds. And I mean, he had the one play Vince, right? Where like he was running the screen and it was just kind of, he turned around and didn't really want to play. And it was just, Funky. It was kind of a rookie mistake. It was a really good right. throw, actually. By I mean, they had the defense completely fooled on that yeah. one. It was a great throw by Pine. Just kind of laid it up there for him. And if he catches it in stride, kind of over the shoulder a little bit, that's a touchdown. Oh, but he kind of turned right. around, and then he kind of got turned around even more, and the ball went over his head. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, again, but that's all coachable stuff. And guess sure. what? He got coached up as soon as he came off the field. So, yeah. And, you know. and he had he had barely played last year, obviously. Like we only saw him in like an increased action in one yeah. game down the stretch. He so, was right. a blocker in the times right. he got in, played a little bit of special yeah. teams. So we saw the one game against he got one carry in the bowl game, but then mm-hmm. he had seven against, I think it was like Navy. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, oh okay. because it's like because it, seriously? Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, because what I saw today is like Jadarian Price is one of those dudes where explosiveness, right? Oh, like he's see. gonna break. He's going to break always some angles. Your thunder, you got me back yeah. today. I dig it. He's, I dig it. He's explosive, man. And then Logan Diggs, I really like. I I can I say that he is a slippery runner. Like he, he just breaks he some arm tackles. Rusty and, guys. Like Logan looked oh, like. And oh, what man. they said, he's been actually he had a hamstring injury, so he's just kind of now getting. He looked a little rusty, but then on that screen play yeah. that he took for a looked touchdown, good. first of all, great downfield blocking from Tosh Baker, and I believe it was actually. I believe it was Rocco, I think, was the other guy down there that blocked the uh, linebacker. It's one of the good plays Rocco had. But Tosh Tosh was about to hit a corner, and the corner just slipped. Yeah. I bet he <laughs> you guys did. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But Tosh, it was like, he was like 30 yards downfield. But uh, Logan took that, spun around, because the ball wasn't perfectly thrown, spun around, made a couple people miss and turned the Jets on, and you're like, okay, yep, that's Logan Diggs. Yeah. And you know, he showed the nimbleness. but And then Jadarian Price, fellas. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. That kid's burst is <laughs> – I mean, there was a play, and, and I, I'd i have to pull it up, uh, but there was a play where he was running like a – looked like he was running to the left on an inside zone and cut back and then just planted about three yards behind the line and just exploded through. And, like, it looked like two linebackers were going to converge on him, and then they just – 
by the time they got to him, he was like gone. It just made a noise. He <laughs> made contact, and yeah. it made a noise that you're like, okay, they're wearing pads. This is good. Yeah. Like, it yeah, was, that's a that sound you want to hear as a football coach. Okay, yeah. Um, and it was it was pretty. I, yeah, I he he's got some juice, fellas. He's got some juice. And yeah. well, which one of you told me he had a phenomenal? I, I, which who was it that said he had a phenomenal catch today? Yeah. Oh, in, in the end zone, it Jadarian was Price. Yeah. Jadarian yeah. Price had yeah. that. Yeah, it was, it, it, that was another oh. another throw that Tyler mm-hmm. just put it where no one else was going to get it. And I'm like, did he come down with it? And then we're all like, who is that? Jadarian Price making that catch? And yeah. it was just like, wow, okay, yeah. So that's yeah. that's a combination that you love to hear. That you will love to hear for the next couple of years. At Notre Dame, hopefully, man. He's very impressive. Juice, whatever adjective you want to use, a different energy, a different gear, whatever you want to say, he's different. And Brian, it goes back to what Dylan McCullough, you know, said and told the media during the breakout sessions last. He said, yo, if I had a running back room perfectly set up, it would be the room I walked into. With the different mm-hmm. sizes and different styles, yeah, right? they all do something different, man. This is, this is everything I would ask for in a running back room, and we saw it in action today. Yeah, yeah. Receiver, okay. Let's talk a little bit about receiver position. We won't talk a ton about it. I, I, I just want to make a couple observations, guys. Number one, uh, I love the coaching that they're getting. Oh, we, we talked a little bit about that earlier. We won't spend too much time on it. I really love And they're just, I mean, but they're just scratching the surface. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done. I, I like the leadership that was being shown. Lorenzo Styles is going to be a guy. Didn't yep. make a ton of plays in team, but you just see the athleticism and you see the yeah. skill set. But, fellas, I, I got to talk about the burst that we saw from Braylon today. And, and you know, we saw the play where he ran, where he ran by Jaden Mickey. But, you know, the best part about that, is that wasn't just a straight go route. He he put a downfield move on Jaden Mickey. Yep. And you're like, I've never seen Brayden Lindsay do that before. And that's like, why it he was just separation. A, it was a stutter go, but it wasn't like a, it he was just like he was running just like a really quick and then bam, he was gone again and Jaden Mickey had no chance. And this is a guy that every coaching that every source, every coach that I've talked to about Jaden Mickey's like, this kid can run. And and Braden, I mean, he just crushed him. His burst today, in in a lot of it's not just he's healthy and all that, but he is playing with a confidence that we haven't seen from Braden Lindsay in a couple years, fellas. He lo- he looked like a different player, man. Like he looked yeah. like what what you envision physically too, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, no, he was. I mean, he was. He looked really strong. He looked explosive. It was just mm-hmm. all there. Like this is what I had imagined Braden Lindsay would be for years. Right now, like he just looked so much more confident in everything he was doing. It, it was it was awesome. And like I talked about in the beginning of the show, saw a contested catch from him early, yeah. which you just don't – you haven't seen was, it. Was, you haven't seen it. What Was that the – no, that was Styles. I'm thinking of. Never mind. What was the contested throw? Explain kind of what happened because I don't think I saw that one. Ex- explain what happened it was, on that. It was, it was the one where it was it was near the uh, left sideline. The ball – it was kind of like a one-on-one. And then he caught got it. Tipped, and, okay. then he do- and then he dove to the grounds making the catch through contact. Tariq so. Bracey got beat twice today on Get plays where his though. coverage was I as saw. good as it could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and here's the thing. It, it goes back to what Sean said earlier and also what Ryan said, too. But the quarterbacks were giving guys chances today, too. Like, look, just give them a chance. And, like, the throw that Lorenzo – like, I didn't think Lorenzo saw the ball until he just quickly just put his hands out and grabbed it. 
Like I oh, don't the, like the deep one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't think he saw the ball. I thought Tariq was, I thought Tariq was blinding him from where the ball was, but then yeah. he just went snatched it. And then the tip yeah. ball, it's like Tariq. I mean, Tariq turned around, played both times. Tariq turned around and played the ball. He did exactly what you're taught to do. And just, it's just the quarterbacks are putting the ball out where, you know, if you miss that, that I know what player you're talking about, right? If you, if the quarterback misses that by three inches, Tariq tips it and it's out of, it's out of the focus. But because it was on the outside, Tariq was still able to kind of get a hand on it, but it stayed outside and Braden was able to catch it kind of falling down. That, yeah. that, that, again, those are great throws, but man, those are, those are the kind of plays you want to say, hey, man, yeah, this, this is what we want this receiving core to be. Not, yeah. You can't just run, but can you make, can you make catches? And, yeah. and they look stronger. I mean, all of them. I mean, yes. Lindsey, Styles. Joe Wilkins just Colsey. physically they're playing stronger yeah. as route yeah. runners. And Colsey's and Colsey is playing more confident as well. Right. I mean, because they had were, a penny on today. Did they say what the, uh, was the it concussion? Jersey? Is that what I heard? Okay. So that's why they can't do full contact. <laughs> right. But he yeah. he was I think he did he, I don't think he was in he didn't do any team. Team, but right. he was in one on ones. Right. Um, so there was contact there, but not like you don't want to send him yeah, over the he's middle or anything. I crazy. thought he looked good going through drills. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And he was getting a lot of praise from Coach Stuckey um, right. with the way he was going through those drills. It was, so it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I thought Colsey looked good, and then I mean, you mentioned, I mean, just to the coaching aspect again of it for a second, Joe Wilkins. I thought Joe's release package off the line yeah. of scrimmage, like I saw, he he was kind of mixing things up a little bit. Like you just hadn't seen ver- a varied amount of releases. Like last year, it was like Kevin Austin was going to take one step outside and he was going to ride down the sideline. Like right. that was his release. You know what I mean? Like you saw inside right. releases, you saw stutters at the top of the route. Like you saw release packages today, in my opinion. The one thing they still need to work on is they're still getting outside and staying outside on vertical releases. There was one play where Lorenzo beat a guy real nice release and he went outside and he, but they got to learn to. So the next step for them is the stack right. part. Back it up. Right. But yep. that's going to be the next step. But again, it was, it was, it was nice to see that. And, you know, Sean, it, it's interesting. You, you, we talked about, Ryan talked about it with, um, with, you know, or no, who was it that's talked about Dylan McCullough saying if he could have a running back room, this would be it. Who was it? Was that you, Sean, that talked about that? Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with Chancey Stuckey. I mean, Chancey Stuckey talked about like, this is what I want my receiving room to be. And today <clears throat> we saw a little bit of a glimpse of, of that diverse skill set that that group yeah. has. You know, Brayden yeah. Lindsay and, and, and Lorenzo Styles look similar, but they're yeah. very different players. Same thing with Joe Wilkins Avery. and Chancey Stuckey. We're still missing Avery Davis in the slot. Right, right. He's going to be there. Yep. You get yep. Tobias Merriweather in the mix. Yeah. You know, and you probably... know who made a couple plays today? Connor Radigan. Connor Radigan made a couple Radigan plays. Play. Yes, he play. yes, he yeah. He's it a little one... more athletic than I thought. Oh, he can play. Yeah. It was one of the catches of the day, man. The the fade in the back of the end zone. Another good throw by Tyler, by the way. He good beat, placement, he beat Mickey on really that, right? Yeah. Went over the top. Over the top Mickey, of him. Yeah. Great and catch, for the rest man. of the practice, him and Mickey were going back and forth. But it was Mickey great. goes back and forth so, with everybody. So. Matt, Matt Salerno had a couple catches too, yeah. man. So, like, yeah. yeah right. Was good. Yeah. And those are going to end up being your eighth and ninth receivers this fall. Uh, you, you, I mean, that, that's the reason I'm bringing this up, right? Like, uh, right. And, that, and that's I, I want to. That's why I brought this question up, Brian, because I want to address it. What are your thoughts? Your, all you guys, your thoughts on, on Torrey Phillips, we need a grad transfer at wide receiver. I don't think there's an, I don't think they need it yet. I want to see how the spring continues to go. I yeah. am of the belief that if there is a position other than quarterback where there is a guy that is better than what you have, you, you are open to that conversation. 
I mean, that's just how you need to be. I mean, I, I don't think they need a grad transfer D line, but if there's a kid that pops up in May that is better than the guys you have, then you sure. look at them. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a if there's a receiver that pops up, like hey, this you know, if Marvin Mims decides after the spring he doesn't want to be at Oklahoma anymore and he wants to transfer, sorry guys, y'all got some competition in the fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, that's that's where you where you need to be. Um, yeah. I mean, and I said before, if the right quarterback wanted to come, but the right quarterback's not. You know, he's not that guy's not. I don't know if that guy's out there, and I don't think he's right. in Tuscaloosa. Uh, last time I checked, so uh, I mean, I I would always look to better my football team. There's there's no question. Right. I just I don't think it's a need. It's yet. not a need. It's not a yeah. need yet. It's it's an evaluation at the end of spring because right. either right. way, it would be. A, I mean, they wouldn't be able to transfer it until summer. So like, right. why are, why is it a talking point now? We have to see right. how it kind of shakes out. But I think that summer. you could I, say that about a lot of positions, right? right. I mean, now they are sure. an injury yeah. away. Sure. If somebody goes down in the spring and they're going to be questionable for the fall, then it becomes a need for sure. And it yes. becomes a need. And, it, and a lot of it's because has to do is like, look, you're going to have, you're going to have the five guys that are on scholarship now. Right. And when I mean scholarship, I mean the guys that are traditionally on scholarship, the guys that were recruited here on scholarship, you're going to have those five. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're going to have Avery Davis. Plus, you're going to have Tobias Merriweather. And I'm sorry, Tobias is a guy that you have to he, – he can help you next year. But then you got Salerno and Connor Radigan at, at, at eight and nine. Now, mm-hmm. uh, is it? do you ideally want to try to go into the Clemson game with Connor Radigan and Matt Salerno starting for you? No. But they're a long way away from where that would have to be a problem. Right. There's you know like what I mean? Five guys got to get hurt. I right. mean, that's a lot of guys. Right. Right. So I just, I'm, I'm not saying they don't need, they don't need a, they're not going to need a receiver in the transfer portal. I just don't think that's a, a concern for me right now. I want to see, I want to see the guys that they have now develop and, and let those guys kind of take their game to that next level. That's really what I want to see. So as long uh, as we stay canteen free, transfer portal. Hey, grad transfer. <laughs> we had a fun conversation about Freddie Cantina and Cameron Smith last night. But like to me, those guys aren't. That's not what I'm looking for. No. If it's going to be a Cam Smith or a Freddie Cantina, a guy coming off injuries, and I don't know if that's necessarily what I'm looking for. If the kid from Johns Hopkins wants to transfer to Notre Dame, and he knows he's not being promised anything, come on, dude, I'll take it. You know, but it's not something that I necessarily see as a need right now. And sometimes if you take a grad transfer, unless he's a flat out dude. He may not find himself on the field, and then do you become? Does it become contentious and yeah. you know create locker room issues? That you ought to think about that too. So that's why I say, like, if Marvin Mims wants to transfer, I okay, sure, buddy, let's have that conversation, right? If Jackson Smith and Jigba's like, you know, Columbus is a little too far south for me. I want to go a little bit more north to you know South Bend. All right, buddy, come on, you know. Um, but but I like where this group is at. My focus right now is a like, coach these kids up because there's some yep. talent there. Yep. And but but you are a, this is the this is the concern at Notre Dame is this is where Tory's coming from or this is where I could maybe agree with Tory a little bit. The problem is as we talked about the other day, the margin for error is really thin. And you know, like like Jaden Thomas is a guy that we've heard a lot about. I didn't see a lot today from him. He just was kind of you know okay, solid, you know. But yeah. th- again, that's your fifth guy right now. Right. You know what I mean? He may be sixth or seventh in the fall. So if a guy like Jaden Thomas is going to be your fifth, sixth, or seventh guy, you're, you're okay, you know, but you, you can't sustain any other injuries. Any, did anybody pay any attention to tight end today? I did not. I, I noticed uh. that it was um, – <laughs> the only thing I noticed was the guys who were kind of rotating in with the first team. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was Michael Mayer, Mitchell Evans – and uh kevin bauman like yeah, it was so those, those are, that's it all was, they have right now but the, i mean those were yeah. the yeah and then 
you know, honestly, uh, oh, what was his name? Um, uh, Charlie Selma made a couple okay. of nice plays. Charlie's a tall dude, man. Yeah, he yeah. made some nice plays today with yeah. the second group. You I was know, 89? 89, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, hold it, 89. I had to do a roster check earlier. Yeah. Like, is yeah. Rock Wright working out? Like, are they giving him a chance to get some reps? Like, there's some scouts <laughs> I, I, trying to check I, I, thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was Mitchell Evans for a second because the 88, right? Yeah. He's yeah, tall. He's kind of tall. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't know, but I want to see more Davis Sherwood blocking on the edge against Jordan Bell. <laughs> sure. right. I love and it, man. They've got – they actually have two guys listed as fullbacks. Yeah, now. I saw so that. That's, that's saw an that. actual thing, and that's the first yeah. time. That's why they handed out new rosters was because they've got guys listed as They fullbacks. handed out new rosters, and I don't have one yet. Like six hours after practice is over, Vince, you and I are going to have a conversation. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we told Vince to do it, and he didn't uh-huh. listen to it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dude, we live in the same neighborhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, dude. We're gonna have a little come to Jesus conversation early. Man, Ryan threw you over the under the bus hard. Man, like I was, hard. I was like he gave you that I quick shove as the that train is true. about to go by. That's okay. rough. I'm gonna skip it. Was, it, right it, it wasn't true. Right here. Ryan, I, I, I here's here's my takeaway from uh from the tight ends, though. Here's here's the actual t- takeaway, and this is, is serious. Michael Mayer might be the best player in college football. Oh my god, <laughs> that is crazy. that is that is my takeaway, man. He was you're impressive. not wrong. He was so impressive. He's so I would good say, that I don't even pay attention to him anymore in practice. Well, yeah. well, that was that was the thing though is that, if from in my opinion, I came away impressed by Kevin Bauman today. I thought mm-hmm. that he had some nice catches away from his frame, really physical dude out of his stem. I thought that he showed a lot to me. Mitchell Evans didn't pop as much for me today personally, and he had mm-hmm. the one drop that we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. But I thought Bauman had a really solid day. Honestly, yeah, yeah. He did, did well. Good, good. Their tight ends move really well. Yeah. And I would just like to say this. I am a huge fan, and I mean a huge fan of Michael Mayer. I would just like to say that. He's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. I'd just like to say. I thought you were going to say something. Never, never heard of him. I thought you were going to go somewhere else to with me. that one, Sean. No, no. I, I thought they, they didn't catch it. <laughs> Brian missed it. I, I missed what? It. I caught it. Missed what? I'm a, oh. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I said I'm a huge fan, and I mean a huge fan. Oh, of Michael Mayer. Of Michael Mayer. I see where you're going now. Different route. I love me some me. I miss it. (laughs) That's my man. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of of Michael Mayer and me uh, as well. Uh, I'll say this about Michael Mayer. I did feel like they were not trying to force the ball to him in practice today, and that is a good thing. No, I I think the mistake you can make in practice five is like, look, you know Michael Mayer's a dude. You know by the time you get to the fall, let's see what some of these other guys can do. Right. Let's see what the receivers can do. Let's see what the backs can do. Let's see what the other tight ends can do. That's yeah. oh yeah. Now Vince sends me the new roster. Yeah, a little little late for that there, Chief. Hey, you got um, it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let, guys, anything else about the offense you want to talk about before we we, we quickly transition over the defense? Just kind of like to connect with the Michael Mayer, Mayer story, and Ryan can talk about this. They had, I think it was like the third session, and they were uh, doing one on ones, tight ends against uh, linebackers, and boy, oh boy. I felt bad for every linebacker that had to come up <laughs> when it was Michael Mayer's turn. <laughs> there was one time it was Jordan Patelho against him, and I was like, yeah. come on. That's <laughs> and, not even fair. It turned out exactly like, how you think it would turn out. And Marcus Freeman is, like, right there, right. kneeling down, like, watching the reps, and I'm like, oh, boy, they're going to hear about this. Yeah. The linebackers are going to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It was uh, – it, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's uh, 
Yeah. Um, he's pretty good. I thought the linebackers had some problems today in coverage. I thought they had problems. I mean, this, and part of it's just like, like they're like, we know Bo Bauer can run, right? There was a mm-hmm. play where George Jadarian Price ran just like a little stutter seam and he just, yeah. just blew past Bo Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen Bo Bauer run with power five running backs. We've yes. seen him run on wheel routes with guys that can run. Yeah. And Jadarian just, and, and Bo, it's not like the Bo didn't know it was coming. He was waiting on him and he's open and running. Jadarian just ran past him. No, I'm like, Jadarian this cat can fly. I don't, I don't blame Bo. Yeah. And that's because, my point. I'm not saying like, like yeah. We've I seen don't know Bo, if Bo has seen anybody. It's Chris Tyree is fast. But Jadarian's about an inch and a half taller than Chris Tyree. Yeah, but Jadarian is just different. His he's got a bur- not that he's it's he he he's got that Dex Williams first step burst. Yeah, that's what I like about Jadarian Price. Like whatever speed is four four two four five two whatever four six two. I don't know what it is, but he is full speed now, and that's the thing. But like you watch that, and you're like Bo Bauer just like had no chance. I thought the only guy that athletically. I thought looked good. There's two guys that I thought athletically held their own in practice today and for the linebackers. No, it's Prince Collie and Maris Lufau. That's it. Mm-hmm. They're the only guys that could run with the tight ends and running backs, especially the running backs. Like the running backs, like Audric was putting moves on dudes and getting open. The only guy he couldn't get open against was Prince and Maris. You know, and, and that's the thing is like those two cats, there's a clear difference in speed and athleticism of the returners. We didn't see a lot of the freshmen today. I uh, Ryan, I, I had a couple observations about him. We'll get to here in a second, but it was mostly the returners, but they, they had some issues running with some of those guys because, and part of it is just, there's some, there's some, it's what we talked about guys. We've said this before. There's some speed on this Notre Dame offense. Yeah. And I mean, there's some, there's some cats can run. There's no question about it, but guys, do you remember who Aldrich estimate lit somebody up? It was a running play mm-hmm. and he got like three or four yards and somebody met him in the hole to the outside and all you saw was Audrey estimate come out of the pile and you just heard this loud crack just like pow helmet and pass hit and it was like okay and then Audrey estimate just comes out of there full speed and I, I thought it was the safety that tried maybe it was BJ Brown that came up and tried to hit him but it just didn't and maybe Audrey got him back a little bit for that cheap shot he took on uh <laughs> on Lorenzo Styles like oh, it's man. like like Audric's like take Audric's that dude's like make taking the mental Did notes. You know, you know it's like what was it like Billy Madison like that dude that's got like his little hit He's list. Got his list. Like yeah. okay, DJ, yeah. you know, cheap shot my receivers. Okay, I'm gonna add you to the list. <laughs> Wait till you I get you in space. Okay, yeah. There we go. Yeah, Audric's gonna be that dude. He's gonna be that yeah. dude. There's no question. Yeah. I think he's going to have a similar role to what we saw from Tony Jones in 2017, but he's a more powerful runner than Tony was. You know, and, that, and that's not a knock on Tony. Tony's playing National Football League. Tony's a good football player. More you guys know I'm always more expo- more explosive, yeah, more powerful than version yeah. of Tony. I don't know if he's quite the pass catcher Tony. He's not the pass catcher Tony was. I mean, Tony could catch the football. Yeah. And, and not that Audrey can't, but it's like Tony was better. But he's he's a more explosive version of what Tony was. And that's the role mm-hmm. I think he'll play. And I can't wait to see. I mean, this running back room, guys. Like today, we kind of saw it. Like we are like, okay, these they, they can all play. They can all. I mean, they can all play. We didn't even get a chance to see Chris Tyree, so it's um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get back to defense, guys. Biggest takeaway for me at linebacker, I had two. Number one, Maris Lufau is a freaky athlete. I mean, his his he can he can get to full speed in a hurry. 
His change of direction is outstanding, and he has exceptional range. Is anyone anyone disagree with any any nope. of those three observations? Never heard of him. Felt that Never way. A long yeah, this, time. this guy next to me is like the biggest Maris Lilfowl fan in the world, so he's trying to be nice and not not look like he's too much on the bandwagon. That was his, that was good. His coverage was good. He had some. I mean, his his. I see what they're saying about the pressures because when he when he blitzes, I mean, he gets through that hole in a hurry. Yeah, and he just he gets skinny like it's he's got this weird i mean he's a skinny guy anyway he has this weird ability to got like get through these like little tiny holes you know mm-hmm. as as a pass rusher but the other takeaway i had was bo bauer just does not seem to have gotten any better from a decision making standpoint than where he was it's disappointing it's disappointing I mean, it's, it's one practice i know right it's so disappointing we're trying not to put like <clears throat> you know but there was one play where See if you guys remember the play I'm talking about. The offense was running to the left, and the whole line and the backs looked like it was clear that they were going this way, and Bo just ran like to the C gap in the opposite direction. I have no clue what he was doing. There's I, no I way thought, that's what yeah. – like maybe he was being blitzed there, but it, it wouldn't have fit with what just happened in front of him. And, of course, what happens, they cut right up the middle for a big – Was I think that was Audric. That was one of Audric's big runs, right? I think so, It just yeah. leaves this big hole. I mean – like it's just like wow, dude. Like I mean, you're a fifth year senior, brother. You can't continue to make those kind of mistakes. Man. It, it it looked like he was cross keying against like double wing for a second, and then he just ran yeah totally away from his gap. It yeah, was so odd. There's a couple. Cool. There's just a there's just too many plays in practice where you see that, and from a fifth year senior with his playing time, you just you can't cons- now again. The thing I love about Bo is in, when he made he went he made that mistake 100 miles an hour. I mean, it's like he does he plays hard. But he's just got to stop making those mistakes. He's he's too talented not to be able to be a guy that plays more. But you just can't mm-hmm. you can't have a middle linebacker that makes those mistakes. You just yeah you just you just can't. And that's got to be frustrating. That's got to be frustrating for them. Right. So, you know you know who impressed me was um, first time I had seen him in person or just Prince. live reps. Right, dude, Prince was full line. Knew that was coming. Man. Yeah. I mean, just getting downhill, man, most explosive linebacker they have. They, like, they've got to find a way to get him on the floor. Ryan, you know what I noticed fight. today? He was doing a lot of this today. And I don't mean like yes. talking trash, but like talking to yeah. – like he looked like he was showing a little bit of command of what's like around him. he understood him. what was happening. Yeah. Like yeah. he was kind of not, – not chirping, but like talking to the D-line and talking to the other linebacker. Like either he was asking a question, which, again, it's a good thing because like I'm yeah. not sure. I'll let me you know, communicate. And then there was times where it looked like he was actually communicating like in a, in a call standpoint – that is not something like when Prince was on the field last year, you kind of look around like, am I lined up correctly? Like, okay. You know, yeah. it, he looked confident today, fellas. And Sean, you mentioned him to me today too. When, cause the, so y'all understand what we did today. The reason that, you know, Sean talked more early and hasn't talked as much later, maybe why Ryan didn't talk a lot early and he's talking more now is I had guys focusing on kind of certain things. So like Ryan was watching it. Everybody watched a little bit of everything, but just so you understand what's going on. But Sean, <laughs> when you and I were talking about the line play, I asked you, did any of the linebackers pop? And and before I could even like finish my sentence, Sean's like just jumps into this Prince Collie conversation. You know what I mean? So Sean, it sounds like Prince kind of jumped out to you as well today because he plays at a speed that you did. Him and Maris played a different speed than any of the other returning linebackers. Well, we said it last year in the spot plays he, when he did get in, you could see he was thinking. Like, you could literally see in his movement, he's thinking. Like, if it was now, an old-school commercial, you'd see, like, the wheels turning yeah, in his head, turning. right? And now he's just going. Like, he whatever he sees before the snap, he trusts it. And another thing, Al Golden 
was behind the defense and he kept stressing every play communicate mm -hmm. he was talking to the safeties he was talking to the linebackers communicate communicate and i think that's what you were talking about with prince collie mm -hmm. he has that confidence he has that trust he knows what he's seeing he knows what he's looking at and now he's more vocal about it not just about his responsibilities but making sure everybody else knows look this is what we're seeing and this is what we're supposed to be right. doing when you see something like that and you see that type of stride being made by a young man, that's that's the tone yeah. for the freshmen. Like the freshmen are watching him mm -hmm. saying that's we're where he was mm -hmm. a year ago. Yeah. So if we trust and put in the same work, we'll be right where right. he is. Yeah. And they're actually right. getting a head start on Prince because Prince yeah. wasn't an early enrollee last year. Exactly. So they're getting exactly. a head start on him. I, I, I wanted to ask this question. Ethan O'Connor asked this, and I wanted to ask you guys this, because you all got to see Prince, like, in, in person, like, really up close. The question from Ethan is, what position could Prince play with Marist at will? So my question is, is I I mean, by in theory, right, just in theory, the, the two inside linebacker positions are interchangeable. I mean, you in theory, you should right. be able to play Will and Mike. But, of course, you have to have the body type and the skill set and the pop to be able to play Mike as well. From what you guys saw today, working the pads, working the run game, seeing the body type, if for some reason they've got to just get you know Prince on the field more, could he be like Tavon Coney was in 2017 and play, you know, just physically? Again, I don't know if he can handle it mentally. Still a young kid, but just physically, do you guys see him being able to to move over to Mike and and be able to play there in this type? I mean, obviously in the Manti Teo 2012 defense, you're not putting Prince Collie at Mike, right? But in this sure. defense, can you guys see that, Ryan? What are you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I do because it, so if it comes down to you need to get him on the field with Maris Loifel, man, I want to keep Maris at will just because mm -hmm. I think that the working in pursuit is what Maris does well. And I saw what I saw from Prince, I felt like as soon as he saw it, man, I thought he saw it pretty quick. He was getting downhill and he was coming with force. So, yes, I think he can play Mike. I absolutely do. I think that he is. I mean, you prefer him at will, right? But like he's 230 plus pounds at like six foot two. Like he's a pretty densely built guy. He's got more weight on him than Maris does. And Maris is probably an inch or an inch and a half taller. So, mm -hmm. yes, I think he can play Mike. And I think those guys can be interchangeable. And out of the two, if it's Maris and it's a Prince Collie combination, I think that Prince is more of a downhill thumper comparative to a Maris Loifau. So, yes, I do think he can. Mm -hmm. Because obviously right now with J.D. out, you know, J.D. took some one-on-ones, but, like, you could see he couldn't even press because he's got his hand in the cast. It's yeah. like, just get him out of there. Like, But uh, with working with the Tuesday, Mike Linebacker was was uh, Junior to Alamaca. Yeah. Anybody anybody know, see anything from Junior working out today? You know, obviously people want to know about what the freshmen are going on. He didn't jump out of making anything mm -hmm. negative. That All was right. like when he was on the field, it was kind of like – Okay, we notice he's on the field, but he's not jumping mm -hmm. out because yeah. he did something wrong. He didn't look uncomfortable. He didn't look to uncomfortable. Me. Yeah, right. And it was a shock right. that he was the freshman that was on the field. Like, if you had asked someone out of all the freshman linebackers coming in, who do you think is going to get on the field first or get the more, more reps? I think most people would have cast their vote for a Jalen Sneed or maybe even a Josh Burnham. And I think his – is it an advantage? You guys let me know. Playing the mic in high school and being responsible for calls as he was at the middle linebacker position, does that give him more versatility and a better understanding of taking that next step, especially as an early enrollee, rather than a guy to Jalen Sneed who played 
all everywhere. They, they played him everywhere. They played no. him at safety. They played him at outside linebacker. He lined up a middle linebacker. He never got a chance to really settle in and just play the game. And I think Junior, all the other guys that come in a linebacker, they were versatile guys because of the athletic ability. And that's the way their teams used right. them. Junior was the inside guy. That's what he was. That's what he's been. And I think comfortability is what you're talking about. I think it helped him to be more comfortable, come in, and be a little bit more impressive than some of the other freshmen. I don't know if I would say it helps him with versatility, but I think it helps him with the fact that you know you have to communicate. I mean, he's coming in knowing that, like, I've got to talk. There's going to be a comfort level there. Uh, I think I think that certainly helps in that regard. And you know, he again, I, I, he didn't look, he didn't make any net bad plays, didn't make any great plays. Good he play, just he looked yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I thought the guy that that had the flashes for me today was Nolan Ziegler. I thought Absolutely. athletically he pops. I mean, yeah. And and thing about Nolan is Nolan doesn't always know what he was doing, but mm-hmm. unlike Jalen and Josh, if he he does everything hundred miles an hour, even when he messes mm-hmm. up. Yeah. He looks a lot like he reminds me a lot, Ryan. I don't know if you're gonna like me saying this. Uh-huh. He reminds me a lot of Marist as a freshman. He's a bigger version, but like just like he may not always know where he's going, but he's, he's gonna get there it. fast. Yeah, I'm that's so, what I'm I saw s- from Nolan. I, I'm so upset with that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you compare anyone to, to Maris? Maris. Yeah. <laughs> uh man. It's it's funny though. I, I think the the point and Sean, it was a really fast it's a fascinating question because like Brian said, I, I was gonna say like you obviously the communicating aspect, but I think long term playing multiple positions on the high school level does help you because you just kind of have a better understanding of what's going on around you, right? From the yeah. back to the front. So I think there's merit to both sides of the coin. I think that what Junior has going for him is jo- I mean I don't think any of them looked out out of place. Yeah. I think that you're looking at Jalen Steen and Burnham specifically, though. They need to develop physically. Like, they're mm-hmm. skinny guys for their sizes, right? Like, they need to get bigger. Nolan Ziegler, I think, flashed because he has some just natural instincts in the past, in, in the past game. Like, he is a good coverage player right now. And I think that he could eventually be – Maybe not this year, maybe sophomore year, but like I think he could be that matchup dictator against big slots or tight ends. Like mm-hmm. I think he could kind of be a little bit of an eraser in that regard. Junior, on the other hand, I mean that kid's are 240 pounds already, right? Like yeah. he was ready made to come onto a college football field from a physical perspective. So I think that's why maybe you're seeing early transition. Is the upside as much as the other three? No, not yeah. in my opinion. But yeah. the short term, he was kind of just more yeah. ready to come yeah. right in right now. Yeah. Yeah. F- physically, especially, I mean, he looks, he looks as big as any, if not bigger than anybody they have a linebacker. I mean, he's, and it's not a bad big. It's just, it's like a, like a Manti big. Like Manti was always big, right? Even when he was listed at like 225, he looked bigger than everybody else. Just a big, broad shouldered kid. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen so you can spend it on other resolutions with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals including 20-minute recipes and low prep, Easy cleanup options provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. 
HelloFresh is the perfect solution for a family like mine. With five kids and virtually no free time in the calendar, HelloFresh brings us fresh ingredients, easy recipes, all in one convenient package. It even allows for the long-sought-after family time that we love. HelloFresh is something that the whole family loves to prepare and enjoys eating. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Remember, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I'll tell you something right now, guys. I think that when you talk about Nolan Ziegler, I think when I look at him, he kind of seems to me as a rover. He's playing Will right now, but if it, as a as a potential rover, I could see him being sort of a, a, a in between Drew Tranquil and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Meaning, yeah. he's a little bit more rangier than Drew is in space, and he's got he, but he's got some of Jeremiah's like coverage. He's more of a cover player than Drew was. Like Drew was more of a you know hook curl flat he wasn't running doing a lot of man coverage which is why ultimately you end up moving him inside jeremiah could kind of do those things uh and and you know i thought he kind of brought he kind of brings a little bit of that versatility there which then fits really well with the will too so uh, i didn't see it i didn't i saw one i didn't see anything of, of what i saw i didn't see anything from Jalen seats i mean literally nothing like not meaning not like I didn't see he didn't do well. I didn't see Jalen Sneed today. Did you guys get a chance to see anything from Jalen Sneed today? Not any clue. I don't, I don't remember seeing him in team. I, I, I saw yeah. one play where he's playing at Rover, and I thought he did a pretty nice job working from the backside on on a on an inside zone. So it was away from him, and then he kind of was like he kind of worked back inside, and he was in on the play. And I was like, oh, who's seventeen? And then that was the only reason. But like physically, no, nothing really popped today from him. So we're going to wrap it up with the secondary. I, I kind of find it funny when we put the receiver video out today and the receivers have some plays that it's immediately turns into. Well, of course. Stuck, right. Um, if you can't be negative, then what, then there's no other feeling. Well, no, it's not that. It's, I it's, know. It's, it's, just, it's, it's this thing of, it's like, if the offense does well, that means the defense sucks. If the defense oh, the, vice does versa, well, the offense yeah. sucks. I thought we saw both units making plays today. So I, Guys, I want to bring up this guy first. I didn't see a lot from him today, meaning I just literally did not see much of him. But talking to sources, the big question for me was coming the year was what version of Brandon Joseph are we going to get? Uh, are we going to get the All American 2020, 2020 version, or are we going to get the okay but inconsistent 2021 version? So yeah, I'm, I'm not. Oh, you yet. got a question? Okay, no. I got comments. I'm I'm going to ask you guys what you saw because okay. I didn't see a lot of him. My sources have told me coming into today that he's looked like a flat out dude. Like mm-hmm. just now again, that's just, you know, who knows? It could be hype. Is that source someone that is spot on from what you guys saw today? Uh, what did you see some from Brandon Joseph? Did, did he look more like the guy that was a beast in 2020 that had like what, six picks in seven games? Or yeah. is he just kind of a, a good player? Ryan, I'll start with you because I know you've, You've seen a lot more of Brandon in the past than we all have. Well, Sean, you have. You've seen a lot of Brandon, but then me and Vince have had from at Northwestern. What did you see first? And then we'll go to Sean and then to to Vince to get your opinions on what you guys saw from Brandon Joseph today. I mean, I mean, so yeah, I said Michael Mayer. I thought was the best player on the field, obviously, right uh, from either side. 
I, I think there's a very clear argument that you could say Brandon Joseph was the second best from everything I saw. He was just consistent all the way through, never got beat. The interception was fantastic on that play. Like this kid's ball skills and just reactionary quickness is fantastic. He's got great eyes. And I think we're getting the 2020 version. I have been high on Brandon Joseph for a couple of years. I think that I think it's going to be surprising to some because Kyle Hamilton was a great player and he's going to go top 10 in the draft. I think that you're going to see a lot of things in coverage this year. We're going to be like, huh, we're, we're kind of as good or maybe better on the back end at safety. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I see with Brandon Joseph. I will double down on that. <laughs> and I might say something that a lot of people might take and run to message boards with because no. it, it might seem black. No way. It might seem blasphemous. Is someone committing soon? Five-hour show. Dante's committing on March 29th. No, it's April 23rd. (laughs) Brandon Joseph makes others better Mm -hmm. around him. He might not necessarily be the top five pick in an NFL draft, but his impact and how he impacts others around him I think is a little bit better than the previous guy. And that just bringing everybody in how I don't want to get into it. Can I ask you this, Sean? So, so are you saying this, like Kyle individually was a tremendous player? Absolutely. He did freaky things. Yes. What are you guys? So it sounds like what you guys are saying is like his style of play is more like Alohi. And what I mean by that is, let me explain, not that their style of play, like how they play, like his athleticism, but like the thing about Alohi, he was so communicative. He was so instinctive that like he made sure not only was he making plays, but he was making sure everybody else was where they needed to be. And that's the th- the, the greatest thing that Alohi brought to the table. And then, yeah. of course, you always could trust that he was going to do his job. Are you saying it's more like that, Sean? Or, I mean, it's, is that kind of the, the way you're going with it? It's almost like, I'll give you a perfect example. The first, I think it was the very first play of scrimmage, period, early. And they tried to throw a pass inside, and Jaden Mickey broke it up. And Jaden Mickey just lets out this big screen. And the first person to walk up to him was Brandon Joseph. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's that energy. And you watch Brandon jo- Joseph, he's on the back end. And he's talking too, maybe not as outwardly as Jaden Mickey, but he's talking to guys. He makes interceptions. He's talking. He knocks down a pass. He's talking, but he's doing it in a different way. But everyone else is included in his greatness. And you don't feel like that. He just stands out above everybody else. For me, he's a little bit more infectious to the entire defense. Kyle was just head and shoulders like he's the best player on the defense. You know he is. And I don't know because I, I won't go this far because I don't think Kyle freestyled and just did what he wanted to do. They they put him in position to do that. That's yeah. how he was used within the defense. It's not yeah. like he did it. They used Kyle's ability to be a great playmaker, and they allowed him to do that. Like that was part of the defense, yes. So, and this might be relational because they have a previous relationship. Ryan, you can jump in and add to or feel free to disagree. Vince, you as well. 
Houston looks better playing next to him. Like mm-hmm. when I watch them as a combination, I'm like, okay, this combination looks better than the combination of Hamilton and Houston. And it might be that someone else has improved mm-hmm. and gotten better. Sure. And it might be just the relationship has a connection there that previously wasn't there with the other guy. But for me, watching them today, watching how they interacted, and it wasn't really, it was kind of like a look at each other. It wasn't even like talking and a lot Mm -hmm. of pointing. It was just like play, and they both were in positions. I thought Houston Griffith had a pretty decent day. Yeah. I really did. I agree. I didn't even see him out there. I didn't even know he was out there. He was out there next to Joseph the whole time. The whole time. Um, and they they rotated between second team and first team, but yeah. together, together. Uh, from what from what I remember. Yeah. Um they, they were together pretty much the whole time. And then Ramon and uh was DJ. it DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. They were rotating together. So they yeah. got him kind of in pairs. Uh but no, I agree with everything both of these guys said. And and so you I, agree, Brandon Joseph is better than Kyle Hamilton. Uh well <laughs> nobody nobody said that. Look, that's how it's gonna be on the message board, guys. Yeah. Sean yeah, David. I know. Well, yeah, yeah, because because of how you how's because of how you just framed it, not because yeah. of how we framed it. The last hour and forty-five minutes don't even count. You know, it was just the last 90 seconds. That's all that matters now. Um, but here, I, I'm going to just add on to what both of them said. At the end of practice, he was also catching punts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. exciting, too. One John, hand. you were saying he was doing stuff like he was doing. He was like kind of showing off out there. Oh, he, was, he, he caught one ball with one hand, one with the oh, other, yeah. and then tried to catch, catch a third a one third in between. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what else I love? I love Sean told me this. Sean said that Jadarian Price was back there catching punts, too. That made me really happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Styles, too. Lorenzo Styles okay. is catching punts, too. Yep. Yeah. Dig that, dig that. What did you? Anything else you guys saw from the other safeties that we that before we kind of transition to cornerbacks? Uh, other than one of them almost losing their scholarship today, nah. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and talk about that. I was wondering if that was going to come up. Yeah, I, I, I saw that clip. That was uh, that made me a little. Uh, Yikes! Are we supposed to talk about that? <laughs> it was a practice. I mean, we were all there. We all saw it. It did happen. It definitely, definitely happened. Like, it wasn't like things were, like, chippy. Like, there was no precursor to this. Like, it wasn't like things were chippy. Just going through the scrimmage. And I think he ran – did he run a crossing route? Just a, cross, just like a normal – Lorenzo ran just like a normal crossing route. Crossing yeah. route, and the ball was just a little high, but you saw – And behind, too. Behind him, yeah. That's what and, made, which meant he didn't he, – it made him even less saw what was yeah. happening. Yeah. But they, they – they, the message the entire day was take care of each other. Right. Stay up. Right. Like even when guys came together, it was like we saw a bunch of times where guys pulled off where they had opportunities to lay a hit on someone. And for some reason, we haven't seen them lay a hit like this in a game in years. Yeah. But he's a size today in a practice when a ball wasn't even nearby. Like right. it was, it was a, it was, it was literally a throwaway yeah. ball. Yeah, he decides to hit Lorenzo Styles and Mark. It the place just immediately got silent. Mark, like Mark they turned off the music. Like the, yeah. the music went off. Like, like, like a screech. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, 
Seriously. And you can hear Styles on the ground grunting. Yes. Like, oh. And they're like, turn and the music back on. Exactly. Like, turn the music exactly. up. Turn the music up. Because yeah. no one needs to hear that. Right. And it was just like the team knelt down, players knelt down. I was nervous. I was everybody, really everybody nervous, was man. nervous because I'm thinking my whole thought is I hope it's not a leg. Like, yeah, right. I'll take anything, right. but like he was head. planted and got hit or something. Right. Like that. Yeah, I, right. I, I thought it was. I thought it was like a broken arm or something. For a yeah, because it, like, it was upper body. Like he was and he was yeah. writhing. I mean, yes. he was like rolling yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he, uh, he came back. That was the nice thing. Just so people know, he did come back. Yeah. He ended up being fine. And he, and he walked off. And he walked off. Oh, um, he was ticked off. Picked off. Yeah. <laughs> he was mad. And I don't. And like DJ tried to go over and like. And like I'll say D- DJ immediately went over to he Lorenzo did. when he's on the ground. And what I also liked here's two things I like. Number one, DJ immediately knew I screwed up. Yep. And he immediately went over to Lorenzo trying to be like, hey, man, are you okay? The second thing I liked was the offensive lineman came over and were like, get the freaking heck out of here. Like, right. remember, Vince, you and I would complain about that in shows last year. Yep. Like in practice or in games when, like, a guy would get hit and he'd be on the ground and the other team would be there and, like, the Notre Dame offensive lineman just kind of stayed where they were. Yeah. There was nobody like, hey, go get your – like, you know, you gave up a sack and the guy's, you know, hitting Jack Cohn. You go over there and you handle your – defend that player. Immediately, I think, it was, I think it was Blake was the first guy over there. Shocker. Now, keep in mind, Blake was the furthest offensive lineman from the play. Yep, because yep. it was right? about 15 it yards on the left down side. Field on the left and side, Joe yeah. Walt got there quick, and, and they both were like, you know, like immediately like, hey, yeah. you know, you're my teammate, so I'm not going to rock you like I would have a different color uniform on, but I'm going to tell you right now, you better get out of our space right now. Well, and I and, like that. And after Lorenzo got up, DJ went over to him and he tried to put his arm around him and everything. And Lorenzo was like, get away he from me. No parts I want to kill you right now. <laughs> like, just chill and like you could tell he was not a happy man and i don't blame him i don't blame him at all but i mean d it was a bad play you can't do that d you're a fifth year senior but right. again he immediately knew it it wasn't absolutely like, right you know it was it was no malicious intent behind it no. i mean and i don't think anybody would believe that there was it was just right. unnecessary and even with that made dj feel even worse yeah mm-hmm. you know when lorenzo did that when he tried to come to him a second time once he got up DJ just like lifted his helmet and put his head down and walked yeah. to the sideline. And I think it was Mickens that met him and was like, dude, it's 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 okay. Right. Like we know you're not trying to hurt him. Like you made a mistake. Yeah. Right. He's good. Now that we know he's good, just gotta move play on. on. Gotta play on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. On a positive note, outside of that incident, you asked about safeties, Brian. I thought Ramon Henderson looked really explosive, and I think I thought he was looked really loose on the back end. He wasn't tested at all, but like when you just saw him doing the drills, like I just saw the hip flip and just kind of the transitions. I'm like, this this kid's loose, man. Like he is mm-hmm. a really rangy guy back there. So he, he didn't really get a lot of action to be tested deep down the field. But I think there's also a reason that he didn't get tested right. down the field at all. So. Let's talk corners, fellas. All right. First of all, I thought Clarence Lewis is noticeably thicker this year. Definitely he's kind of getting that, okay, he's a junior now. He's been in the program three years. He's looking more like a veteran physically. I thought his press technique was better today. I thought he was a he was a problem for the receivers at times. Like they had to really work to beat him in press. I was encouraged by that. He still just doesn't have the great long speed. That's just going to be a problem. But I thought his movement today and his effectiveness today, I thought I thought this was a good 
solid practice from Clarence Lewis. What say you fellas? I thought it was one of the best I've seen Clarence, to be honest. I thought he was pretty sticky for the most part, you know, especially you didn't really see him get tested too much deep, but like short to intermediate, I thought he was really solid all the way. He was physical, like you said, but so I was, I was honestly, one of the, one of my big notes in my pad, I, I just wrote that I was actually like kind of encouraged by what I saw from Clarence Lewis today. Here's also what was encouraging, Ryan. I was really nervous about how Clarence is going to be this spring mentally because of how his season finished. I mean, look, we've seen it with Gary Gray. We saw it a little bit trick bracing in 2020, where sometimes when a cornerback has a game like Clarence had against Oklahoma State, it can mess with you for a while. It, it didn't – I mean, it, he's fine. He's fine. And yeah. that's important. He's mentally – He's fine. It looked like he's had a. It looked like he's been putting in work this offseason. I mean, that's the thing for me. The biggest takeaway was just like he just looked like okay. That's a. I mean, he looked he he looked as filled out as the safeties were. I'm not trying to make any statements like he needs to play. Straight. I'm just saying like he looked like he's had a really good offseason in regards to building his body up. No question about it. Let's talk about the other corners. I thought the corner that had the best day today, of like especially the younger guys, was I thought Clarence was more consistent, Ryan. But I thought the guy that made the most plays at corner was Ryan Barnes. I thought he was really he good today. Smooth. And not just smooth. in one-on-ones, but in team and different yeah. periods. Like he he looked really fluid. Like you just don't see six three guys that are that that can flip their hips that easily that, that he mm-hmm. showed. And his footwork was really good. I mean, he, he was talking about sticky in coverage. He was real sticky in coverage. He got matched up against a tight end once. And I'm like, what safety was that? Like that guy was all over him. And then you look and you're like, oh, that was. That was Ryan Barnes. I thought Ryan had a really good – they were actually playing him to the field as well today. Yes, they were. Uh, which yeah. I was thought was interesting because they had said they were going to keep him in the boundary. and but So if they're putting him to the field today, that tells me that they're like, okay, that they, they want to see more of him. He worked mm-hmm. with the ones almost the whole practice, and Tariq got some a little bit of work inside outside as well with the ones. But, guys, I thought I thought Ryan in, in individual and in team, I didn't see him in seven-on-seven. Uh, but in individual and team, I thought Ryan Barnes was the most impressive cornerback that I saw today. What say you guys, right? Vince? Let's start with you. On no, I, th- I I just thought he looked smooth. I, I thought I didn't. It didn't feel like the the moment of being with the ones was too big for him, which I think is important because there's, in my opinion, there's a battle for the the corner position opposite Cam Hart, and and I thought he handled the today very very well. Um, I, I was, I was very impressed by what he was able to do today. And I, 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 I was wanting to see Ryan Barnes last year, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. based on the limited stuff we got to see in practice, I was always wondering kind of where he was. Right. And, and he was given an opportunity. Now he's running with the one since Cam Hart is out. Um, and he should be considered in a battle for who the, the other spot, right. in my opinion, I, I think he's that good. He can, he clearly showed he can play field. And we know he could play boundary. So yeah. cross-training him like that, I think, is is a great move as well. I, I like what he did. I, I think it unlocks possibilities, too. If he if he's a guy that ends up being the starter opposite, even though we just kind of talked that Clarence had a really nice day in, in overall. I mean, if Ryan Barnes ends up being the majority of these snaps on the other side, I mean, we could forget the field boundary stuff at that point, right? With two six foot two plus corners, you're, I mean, it's yep. left right at that point. Like it doesn't, it's interchangeable. And I think mm-hmm. that's where you want to go. I mean, we talk about the Cincinnati ties with Marcus Freeman. I mean, Ch- Sauce Gardner played into the boundary a ton, but like you would have been fine with Kobe Bryant playing in in, in the boundary as well. So I think they want to be interchangeable in the secondary, and I think that that's 
where that possibility could go with a guy like a Brian Barnes, potentially. I think another thing too, guys, and Sean, we'll kick it to you here in a second, but I think another thing too is even if you don't, even if you still want to start Clarence, because the staff likes Clarence a lot. And there are some teams where having a guy like Clarence, who's, you know, especially he's more physical and smart, you want to have him in there. But if Ryan can step up, number one, you can rotate him at both spots as part of a rotation. And Clarence Lewis is going to go from being a starter to not playing. He's going to play. But you can now use Ryan to play both spots. But you can also say, hey, there's going to be some reps or there's going to be some matchups where, like, hey, this isn't a Clarence matchup. You know, so, hey, let's play Ryan Barnes more. And I think that's a big thing, too, is, look, Clarence Lewis is going to play this year. And he, and he she should. He's a good football sure. player. Yeah, right. But there's going to be some matchups that just don't favor his skill set. And I think Ryan stepping up is going to be an important part to that, Sean. What did what did you see from from uh, from from Ryan today? Same thing these guys saw, and just for me, this practice was very settling at a position that I was unsettled about going into this practice. Just it was just one of the positions that I was like. Yo, I'm worried about C. Lou. But once again, going back to what you said about C. Lou, and I told you this, I said the best job of coaching that I saw from Marcus Freeman up until this point was his comments about Clarence Lewis post-game at the Fiesta Bowl. Mm. Like, he never took the bait from the media. He said, C. Lou's our guy. We love C. Lou. We love C. Lou. Lou, We're going to go and work with him, and we're going to get him right. Right. And he's going to make plays for us next year. Right. That right there reassured that young man that he was in the plans. And when you have that type of support from your coach, that's why he went hard. That's why you see the change in his body, because that's the foundation of believing that my coach believes in me. Right. That I can do better. I can make plays. I'm about to put in the work, and I do. And, that, Sean, that's, that's why the defense always responded to adversity last year. If you kind of yeah. look, when the defense had rough spots, they tended to respond with a really good follow-up game. We talked yeah. about that. Like, that was the thing about them is, like, when they had their issues or when a player had an issue, a lot of times they'd kind of bounce back. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you didn't go out there and get your butt ripped in practice. I mean, you got, hey, look, this ain't good enough, right? Yeah. But the fact that you know your coach has your back and he's not going to just, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder. I think a lot of times that's that's going to be what helps the team kind of bounce back from some of those struggles. And, yeah. and you yeah, know, it's like you, you look at the, the North Carolina game, like that yeah. terrible game against North Carolina. But they yeah. think – they bounce back by having th- four straight dominant performances on defense. Yeah. And that's going to be a, a part of it. I, got, I think, Sean, you were this way. I thought, Ryan, you also immediately followed up with when we were talking about practice. Like, both of you literally said the exact same thing to me, and it was this phrase right here. I really like Tariq Bracey in the slot. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was like one of the – like, without even asking, it was just like, I really like Tariq Bracey in the slot. What did you guys see today, Ryan? What was the first thing you guys saw? I mean – I, he did get some field action, and and there was one particular play that I saw from him that was really just really 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 excellent, uh, which was he was playing the slot and he was working outside to the flats. They had run an out cut, and the tight end was number three was working an option route, and Tariq worked out and he has his eyes inside on Drew Pine and he sees Drew lock in on the tight end. He stops, plants, drives inside, almost picks it off. And he would have picked it off. He's taking it back to the house. But mm-hmm. I thought he he looked – for me, Ryan, I thought he looked as comfortable, like, in his own skin mm-hmm. as I've seen him as a player. What were your thoughts on what you saw from Tariq? I mean, so Tariq gets in good phase in every 
aspect of the cornerback position. You we, you talked about a couple already, Brian, where it's just like he's just a hair, you know, like it's perfect coverage. But unfortunately, he's a smaller guy. He doesn't have great length. And that's why you see a lot of those guys that have shorter arms when they transition to the NFL level, they move inside because there's just an absence of length. Like that's just – that's what happens. You see, though, inside, the length doesn't matter as much because you have – help on the inside you have guys behind you there's just less of space to navigate than working outside the numbers and doing all that type of stuff so i really like Tariq because Tariq is he'll he's aggressive he'll play physically and he's got really good change of direction really good change of direction and i think that he can make he's a an excellent athlete ryan that's the thing that Absolutely. people have always missed the boat on Tariq is one of their best athletes yeah it's just he's not hasn't always been the, a great football player yeah sure he's an exceptional athlete and, and I, th- I think that nickel position could be a very surprising strength for Notre Dame this year because it's not even just him. I mean, we haven't talked much about Philip Riley. Philip Riley worked a little bit inside and out, and I think that both those guys working in the nickel gives you two different body types, and I think it gives you a lot of possibilities also. The, the, Vince, the first thing you said to me when we started talking about DB, because I called all the guys afterwards, hey, here's what I saw, what would you see? Vince says to me, Jane Mickey talks more than anybody ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. Like, like that was, a he was like when Braden Lindsay smoked him, he said, like, he was still talking to him. He got beat by 10 yards and he was still talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he and there there was a play in the back of the end zone where uh Thomas was he he it was a high throw. Mm-hmm. He went up for it, he dropped it. Jade Mickey had nothing to do with that. Sean play. talked about this one with me. <laughs> he had nothing to do with the play. I mean, really. I mean, he was covering him. He was covering Jane right. Thomas, but he had nothing to do with the play. So Jaden Thomas is laying on the ground, and and Mickey is just standing over him, just talking trash for like ten seconds straight, <laughs> like he like he did something, <laughs> like, like he, he did, did something, which he did nothing. But it was great. And then you know, uh, Jaden Thomas is kind of walking off a little, little. You know, it's like, oh man, is he hurt? And Mickey's uh, just no, falling him back. Yeah, <laughs> it's just his pride, man. His pride yeah. is hurt. That is about all that yeah. is hurt from Jaden Thomas yeah. right there. But uh, I loved it, man, because he yeah. competes. That, you that need that. You need, and you need a corner needs that unshakable confidence yes. himself. Yes, he does. Because Sean, you and I were talking about this. Like that's why Gary Gray had the collapse he had because he didn't yeah. have unshakable confidence. That's why yeah. Tariq Bracy struggled in 2020 when he was getting beat because he doesn't have unshakable confidence. You know, somebody just said it too in the in the chat. Like Mickey talks like Robert Blanton did. I'm sorry, with all due respect to Robert Blanton, I love Robert Blanton. Yeah, but but Mickey, Mickey talks way more than Robert. Yeah, I, I have never Mickey talks more than Kavari like Russell. Yeah, like like seriously, it was great. Kavari was the 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 most persistent trash talker I've ever seen at Notre Dame, right? And I started covering the team in 2010, so I covered Robert for two years. Nobody talked more than Kavari Russell until Jaden Mickey showed up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just nonstop. And you want that? Like I said, it's infectious in different ways. There's a little bit more personality on this defense than you've had great players. Sure on this defense in previous years. There's a lot more personality yeah. on this defense. you like, the entire practice, Jason Jason Adeola was talking. And he, he wasn't even out there. there. I mean, he, he's not yeah. even practicing. Yeah. He's not even practicing, and he's talking, like, before the snap. Like, let's go. Right. Just, yeah, so. Leadership, yeah. Yeah, leadership, so, personality. And I want to say this, too, guys. Part of that in the secondary is because of the two new additions. 
in yeah. different ways. Yeah. Jaden, because he just never shuts up, right? And I love, I mean, I just, I just <laughs> he's got to get better and this technique's sure. got to get better and all that. But like, I love that confidence. But then also, like, you talk about Brandon Joseph and what you guys are telling me about, you know, just the communication. Like, you, you it's kind of like you've got some fresh blood in there, you've got some fresh personalities in there. You've got some guys like Jason Adamiola and Justin Adamiola kind of taking on leadership roles. You got Marist out there where he wasn't out there after the first couple of weeks of fall camp. Like, you know, there's some there's some new juice out there. And I, I think that you know, in, and I'll say this, guys, I didn't think the defense had a very good day. But they didn't act like they didn't have a very good day. Right. And, and that's exactly. a compliment. That's not yeah. meant like you guys got to be more realistic. It's just like they don't care about what just happened. They're they're now they've moved on. It's time to go focus on the next play and we're coming with some attitude. Right. I think that's something that I really liked from this group today is there's a lot of communication, not, not, you know, and, and when I say like, there wasn't a lot of trash talking other than Jade Mickey, there really wasn't a lot of trash talking per se, just a lot of talking to each yeah. other. I just, it just, you know, that's, that's a good yeah. thing. And yeah. as you, uh, Sean, was it you that said that that's something now golden was like constantly harping Honestly, on at the back of the defense talking about communicate, communicate, communicate. And look, there's nothing like having someone as a reference point. Like Tariq Bracey can sit there and tell Clarence Lewis, man, I was where I went through it. Mm-hmm. I know what you're going through. Right. This little spell of playing bad, doubting yourself. I went through it. I came out of it. You're going to come out of it. I just feel really good about the synergy and the energy of this team. Like forget all the other stuff we can nitpick about this position, that position, how Marcus Freeman is going to be at a head, be as a head coach. The talent alone gets you nine wins. The right. talent alone yep. on his team. Now let everything get play. Let everything else we're worried about or think about play out, and that will decide the other three games and what the ultimate record will be. Yeah, we're not quite wrapped up yet, folks. We got a couple more things we're going to talk about, but I want to remind y'all before people start bailing, before you leave, please hit that like button for us. Please hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell for us. Check out all the cool links we have down below about the Irish Breakdown uh, merch store, the the channel, all that kind of stuff. We've got the Built Bar merchandise. That's all rocking and rolling. Uh, so really appreciate that. But definitely hit that like button and also share these shows. If you if you listen to a show that you like, it share it. Let other people know about it. We really appreciate that. It helps us to uh, build up our, our channel, continue to build up our channel, and get it in front of more eyes. Two more guys I want to talk about quickly, fellas. Number one is I, I'll just kind of say this and move on. You know, Chance Tucker still needs a lot of work technically, but I thought he ran well. He moves, I thought, really well. Uh, that was encouraging. I think the thing that I would say my takeaway biggest from the secondary is there's work to be done. But I thought I didn't see anybody that I saw today outside of, you know, we'll talk about Clarence, but like most of the same is like, I don't see a lot of tight hips out there, guys. I see a lot of really smooth, athletic looking guys that some of them need to get stronger, right? Some of them need to continue to be more consistent with their footwork. But athletically, I really liked what I saw from just the, the whole secondary really outside of, you know, Clarence has his moments in transition, but, you know, Clarence is a good plant and drive athlete. Like he's a really good plant drive athlete, right? You know, DJ's not a, an overly athletic guy, but outside of that, guys, this is a pretty a long athletic secondary. I think that's the two things. It's very long, and we didn't even see Clarence Lewis out there in practice. It's very long, and I think very fluid group to me. Anybody have any? Did anyone want to take issue with that? Early in the practice, I think mm-hmm. DJ made the first scrimmage session. DJ made a couple of plays in the flat. 
coming up to swing passes. He but he laid some wood at one point yeah. in, a, in a good way. Yeah, in a good, in a good way. way. So yeah. just he's like just said, not athletic. No, that's the problem. He's just not athletic enough to. I mean, the problem is, Sean, you're going to get in games like Oklahoma State where he's going to get put in space, and he just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to be an issue, and then he'll yeah. he'll get exposed for not being as athletic. That's why I'd consider yeah. moving him to Rover. I, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. hate it. No. I think he can help you there. He probably I mean, would. In certain matchups, I think he yeah. can help you there. So, but uh, I, I like what I saw. There's, It's funny. It's just serious. Both Ryan and Vince both talked to me about this today. So we're going to talk about kickers today, folks. We're going to wrap things up talking about kickers. Yeah. Um, Unprompted, both of them, Sean came up to <laughs> mention the kickers. Blake Groupie, who's like five two and one hundred nine pounds, he looks like somebody's little brother on a recruiting trip that got right. to put the helmet that's, on. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. I, I need to, I need to comment on the weight for a second. He's listed at one hundred fifty pounds. There is zero chance my man is one hundred. I stood next to him. <laughs> zero chance. I, I they, they brought. He looks, I believe he looks smaller on film than Dylan. They, Ryan. Yeah, Dude, we actually made that comparison. I said that. I said yeah, that. <laughs> we made that compare because they're the same height. They, they've got him listed at 5'7", 3'8". Okay? That's almost exactly what my freshman son is. And this kid's like 23. Freshman in old. high school. Freshman so. in high school, yes. And that and and this kid is, a, is like 23 years old. But um, he is small in stature. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's no – he is a tiny, tiny man. But the ball just has a different sound when it comes yeah. off of his foot. It reverberates through the entire indoor facility when he kicks it. I mean, he yeah. can crush the football. The I, yeah. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I Ryan, people yeah. are going to be happy hey, with him. This is, hold yeah. on, Ryan. This is a text message. I don't share text messages. That's private <laughs> business. This is a text message that Ryan sent me in practice. Groupie, dot, 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 dot better leg than i anticipated like i don't like i don't want to hear about a kicker but that's how impressive he was at ryan that was that was my that was my first analysis of the of the practice yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it was your second your first was aaron's burger looks massive but ryan i mean that's a good sign i mean that's a because people don't like like somebody just said reggie ho i mean Reggie Hill was never a guy that anyone would confuse for having a strong leg. No. Right. And that was the big concern. Like he didn't attempt many kicks out past 40 yards at Arkansas state. So if you guys are telling me that the ball comes off, well, that's a, that's a good sign. He had, I, I think the longest attempts he had on today was they were, they didn't like push it. It was like 43, I think yeah. was the longest, which a couple, but right. I'm telling you like the 43 was going like all the way up the net. Like it wasn't like just bare. I, Cause I assumed, Smaller guy, right? I saw the the long in career for Arkansas State. Right. I was like, you know, he's probably like a forty seven. Just the number of attempts range. from forty right. plus Ryan were super small, were super low. Exactly. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, a couple of, and again, it's an indoor facility, so absolutely, like, we got to put that in the context a little bit. But like, he was good from well over fifty today, like easily, easily, yeah, easily. He had some boom off the, I, and I was surprised because he does. He's tiny in comparison to all these other dudes out there. He is a tiny human. But he he's got the leg swing, man, and he booms the ball. I, I was very impressed. And I will also say that um that Josh Bryan mm-hmm. has all and I've told you this in the past, he's always been more accurate. He's always mm-hmm. been the most accurate kicker on the roster since he's been here. Um, it's just he didn't have the distance, you know, that Dorr had, but he was way more accurate. And it's the same thing. He's got a very high arc. It's not going to go as far, but it's accurate as all get out. So, like, anything inside of 40, he's going to hit it. No question to me. Uh, but I do think Groupie has a, a stronger leg. 
I don't know if anyone's actually listened to a a interview with Blake Rupi. I have not. But he is a really charismatic kid. Is he really? Yeah. They brought him he's, up, I think, he's for got, interviews. Today. Yeah, they did. And yeah. I and I interviewed him. So, like, I got wind that he was going to commit to Notre Dame. And so I got his number, and I was able to talk to him before he committed and do, like, an interview. Mm-hmm. And he does not sound like a – I mean, he has some personality. He has some – he has some, like – you know, real, real confident kid, like, like real confident in himself, which I think you kind of need to be when you're, you know, yay, yay tall and yeah. about 25. Right? Yeah, seriously. The, the best part of the day, and I think Vince <laughs> can attest to this, was when they were doing, they were doing like a circuit drill and they were working through, you know, kind of getting teams. off of blocks. Yeah. yeah. They were working, getting off of blocks down the field and they were running to the rabbits. They threw, and for people that don't know, the rabbits that are you know play, players they put pennies on, and they're just kind of reacting out whatever the you know in this. They have to be chased. They have to be exactly. chased. Basically, yeah. they put the kick. They put the specialists as the rabbits. Just mean the pennies. It was just so mean. Funny. It was so funny. <laughs> and 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 Groupie could not figure out how to get the penny on, and he finally just took it off, handed it to the coach, and just went to the sideline. He's like, "I'm not doing this." It was. I'm sorry, but it was hilarious to me. <laughs> and one of his, one of he, he was wearing 99, and one of his nines was off of his was, jersey for some reason. Washed, it was like washed off, fell off. It, it, was, it basically they probably didn't have anything small enough, so they had to go to like the local Pop Warner and get him a 99, and it was all kind of like. Well, they you know, found worn some out. like 99 jersey from like the Dan Devine era. <laughs> like, it, it, was, it was like little giants out there, man. Yes, it was. It was great. <laughs> Now I, I will also around, yeah we're listening well I'm listening to Freeman right mm-hmm. and I turn around and I see the kickers and it's like he's charismatic and just his personality he's carefree mm-hmm. he literally like I'm not trying to be facetious he literally jumps in the high boy chair and starts dangling his legs <laughs> now. So that just makes it look even worse. Like, oh my God, you look like a little kid right now. You are. This is our kicker. <laughs> and I'm trying to hold it in, but, but that's what's going on in my mind. Like, oh. is he dangling his legs right now? He's swinging his legs from the high board. The, be- <laughs> the best part was that Jonathan Dorer was there too, and he was standing next to Blake Groupie, and it was the most odd looking thing ever. Jonathan Dorer was like six three. Oh yeah, he's long dude. Yeah. Like he's an athletic long he's an athlete. Kid. He was a soccer athlete. player, I believe, in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. he's like Jonathan Dorer's an athlete. Like I mean, yes. he he's got some. He's not the most consistently guy, like in far as mental prepper, you know, mental locked in this, but. Yeah, I would have. I would have loved to have seen Jonathan Dorr standing next to. Him. It was hilarious. Like when Justin Yoon's looking down at you, like you're not. A really good guy, you know what I mean? Like that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Reggie Hill putting his arm around him. Like, hey, uh, but as long as he can kick, yeah, I mean, that was the encouraging thing about today. Yep. I mean, we're having some fun here, but uh, you know, for me, I think that's the big thing though that you guys are telling me. Like, look, he's got a big leg. That's you know for 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 that size. That's a yeah. that's a positive sign. That's yeah. a real. That's yep. a real positive sign. So, fellas, uh, there was another guy on the sideline there today. A lot of former Notre Dame players were there today, which was pretty awesome. But there was another kid today, about a 6'6", 230-pound, you know, pass rushing kind of dude. I saw. I got to tell you, my favorite part of today of all the photos and videos I saw was a picture of Keon Keeley walking in the snow with a short sleeve shirt on. I said, thank you, Lord. 
<laughs> he's not soft. Whew. <laughs> yeah. I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh crap. I woke up this morning. I saw saw snow on the ground. I was like, oh, Keon's here today. This is not going to be good. But he's walking into campus with a short sleeve shirt on. And I'm like, okay, he's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Keon's going to be all right. So I, that was a very good sign, fellas. And you guys, uh, any, any, um, any final takeaways from today's practice, fellas? Anything you want to leave people? Because, like, this look felt, everybody, this is the only full practice we're getting. That's it. Yeah. The rest of it's going to be stretching individual. That's it. This is the only full practice that we're yeah. going to get. We're not, yeah, we're not going to get any scrimmages, yeah. nothing, for, nothing until And April apparently, Notre Dame's not going to be putting any videos out of we practices. We have seen anything. Apparently. We've seen one. Crazy. Uh, you know, so maybe they're holding it all in or something. I have no idea. But uh, mm-hmm. so this is kind of what you're going to get until spring game. Really, we're going to couple little small things. But any, uh, we'll go Ryan, Sean, Vince, Ryan. Any any final takeaways from today's practice? Yeah, no, I mean it was a great experience just in general. I mean, like you were just saying about Keon for a second. I think Sean Turner was like, oh, I think that is that Keely over there, and I'm and you know you just looking at him, you're like the dude's a skyscraper. Yeah, that, that's oh, he walked right by me, and I, he looked like my dad. Like I mean, it's it's just, just, I was like, wait, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> I now I want a picture with him and Blake Groupie. I was just thinking that. I was, just thinking that. I was like, I wonder if he got a chance to meet with Blake Groupie. <laughs> That's I would the, keep Blake Groupie as far away from Keon Keely as possible because I don't want Keon thinking there's like Notre Dame. This is what a Notre Dame football player. Like he's a kicker, man. He's a kicker. <laughs> no, Blake, 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 Blake Fisher to meet him, and then we're all good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sean, how about you, bud? Man, right now I'm putting up something. Everybody, when we're done with the show, go over to the message board. Uh, just got through conversing with Drake Bond, giving me an update on his conversation with Keon Keely and how the visit went today. So I'm throwing that on the message board right now. And that for me is like the cherry on top of this entire thing. Like it was an experience combining yesterday with today. You guys have done it for me and Ryan, you know, being Notre Dame fans from the time we were small to be able to walk in there and experience. And I'm glad we experienced, this was our first experience under this regime because I felt like we're receiving it the way it should be received as a fan. And you know, kudos to IB Nation because because of you guys and the way you support Brian and Vince created this opportunity, and we are great. I, man, Brian and I said it to each other driving back and forth the last two days. Like, we can't believe we're here. Like, we can't believe we're here. His dad had the same reaction. My dad had the same reaction when I talked to him. So. You know, we're very appreciative to be able to be the conduits for the program to you guys. And we hope we do a good enough job for you guys to continue to support. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm just excited about this team. I'm excited about the direction of the program. And everybody should feel really good about where things are headed. You should feel really good about where things are headed at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame and Irish Breakdown. And Vince, we'll, we'll end it with you, but I want to say this. Like, I, I made a promise when we launched this channel a couple of years. Well, it's been a little over a year, year and a half now. And when we launched Irish Breakdown, you know, when, when, when I got that started, I said, look, if you all support us, well, that money's going to get reinvested in growth. Well, that's it right there. Right? And that, that's it, right? And we're not done. I mean, I talked, we had, you know, we had a, a business meeting last night, which was yeah. a blast, by business the way. Business meeting is awesome. Uh, it's a ton of fun. But the point was like, hey, fellas, like we're just getting started, right? Like we're we're just Ryan's only been doing this two months. Sean's only been doing Sean's been doing this less because Sean didn't really start like kind of really getting rolling until February. So uh, we're excited about it and we're going to keep growing. 
and we appreciate all of you being a part of our channel today and our show today and, and everything we're doing. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you guys on board. Last night was so much fun. That was the first time we've all four been in the Ever. same room together. Ever. Which was a lot of fun. So, so we need it. That needs to happen more often. But. Yeah. So Vince, um, it's a little expensive. For I me know. To get Ryan, I mean, Ryan needs to move a little show. closer, but you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> get him to move out of New Jersey. I mean, you know, you never know. That's where all this away hey, from gas all is family over here. Don't, yeah, no kidding. Not not as much as it used to be. I know, right? But, uh, well, anyway, Vince, final takeaway from today, but, and then you can go ahead and take us out of here, man, after you're done. Sounds good. Hey, the biggest difference for me, and, and we touched on it at the very beginning, the com- the competition level, the the hype level, like all of it is so much better than it has been in the past. I mean, it, and it, it starts from the second that we walk in, and it's not fake hype. Like the fake hype used to be real loud music and all this other stuff. Like the music is just kind of in the background, you know, no big deal. And But it comes from the play on the field and it comes from the coaches and it comes from the teaching that's happening on the field and it comes from the competition and it all starts with the head coach. And I loved every second of it. A lot of times I get bored at practice in the past. I wasn't bored today. A lot of standing around. <clears throat> A lot of standing around. That's exactly right. And number one, it was because I was hanging out with these guys. Like it was a lot of fun. And number two – well, I mean, it hurts. I was talking to you too, um, but it was also because of what we were seeing on the field and the way things were going on the field. The mm-hmm. competition never stopped. It was awesome, and I know it's going to continue. And I'm looking forward to being a part of it and seeing it and relaying that to everybody that's here. So it was awesome, and I can't, can't wait just to keep this thing moving. So, with that said, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you to Ryan and Sean for hanging out in South Bend with us because it was a blast. And I personally appreciated it. That is for show. Beast Daniel with the super chat at the very end. Thank you very much, Beast Daniel. Says expenses are tax deductible. Way to go, guys. So there you go. Uh, But make sure you hit that like button. Share. um, You know, all of those different things. Share, subscribe, everything. And we really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. We need to do more of these these four-way ones because this was a lot of fun for me. So. Um, so well, somebody until, in this chat chat spends too much time on a different show. I'm just saying, like, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to get them. I thought you were going to say I spent too much time on a baseball diamond or something. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, I know. Right. But anyway, so I pay thank- you more than the baseball team does. That's what I'm saying. Like, wow, that's, that's you, need to, you know, that's actually true. Um, but anyway, thank you for joining us. And we will all talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.